From the 600 ESPN El Paso River Oaks Property Schoolyard Sports Studio, here's Steve Kaplowitz and Adrian Broadus. All right, final show before Christmas. No show on Monday. We'll be back on Tuesday. Adrian is getting ready to take his big vacation, which I believe will start next Friday. Is that right? That's right. Next Friday. All right. I'm excited about that. Um, we don't even have a show next Friday because uh, we've got the Sun Bowl. We've got bowl games all day. So that's uh, there's no show next Friday because it's Sun Bowl Day. We'll have the Tony the Tiger Sun Bowl for you. And then uh, we'll come back on Tuesday of uh, the 2nd, which means uh, you will have me with um, a variety of uh, guest hosts for the week that uh, we, uh, you know, are starting off the new year. Do we even have people to work the show with us? Do we know Definitely, yet? we do. We, we have do. Uh, Alberto. So, yeah, Excellent. that's right. I didn't, I didn't know if Alberto's able to do it. So he's able to do the doubles. That's the daily doubles that week. It's going to be fantastic. I'm excited about that. I like the fact that you're rocking a T-shirt today. Is this the first time you've ever been here for Sports Talk not wearing either a polo shirt or a dress shirt? No, it's not. Uh, I've done this in the past, and I've done sweaters in the past, too. Uh, sometimes quarter zips, the winter. You know, the winter gives you an excuse because you could dress it up with, yeah. like, a you know, a jacket, like a, a especially like a zip-up jacket and stuff like that. So, yeah, but I had to rep Minor Talk. So, I mean, it was a big night for UTEP last night, so I had to throw the Minor Talk shirt on. Well, listen, uh, it, was, it was big. Miners beat Wyoming, Joe Golden gets career win number 200. How uh, how fitting is that, by the way? Big win for him. Yeah, it was. I mean, man, Steve, you, you think about it. He said after the game that he didn't know it was win number 200 uh, until uh, John Teicher talked about it pregame with him. So that's pretty interesting in itself. But I, I would say this, for the Miners to kind of just get the monkey off their back, they used that phrase last night, and it's just beating uh, you know, Wyoming to win the championship of the Sun Bowl Invitational. That's something they haven't done under, under Joe Golding and haven't done since 2019. So I, I felt like it was a good win for the program. Oh, I thought it was a great win for the program i i really did now let's un- let's also put in perspective okay um these were four pretty evenly matched teams they really were um you know the spartans of norfolk state who defeated um south dakota state by routing them in that second half they nearly beat utep and for all we know they could have won the whole tournament and then wyoming on the flip side which outlasted uh, South Dakota State in the first round. Uh, they also were were in it with UTEP until the Miners broke it open in the second half. I listen. I I thought this was a good tournament. Um, you know, these are teams that I I don't expect to see Wyoming or um, you know South Dakota State in the NCAA tournament uh, come March. But I don't know, man. When it comes to a team like Norfolk State, they could absolutely. Uh, get things done in the MEAC, and before we know it, maybe we find themselves back in the dance this year. Yeah, I thought they were pretty impressive. I mean, they they were a team that um, threw the zone against UTEP, and I think that's the secret, right? Uh, you know, Wyoming plays man the entire game last night. UTEP's able to expose a lot of things. Loved what Otis Frazier did when it was close. He hit a, uh, some really crucial threes, had a monstrous dunk in transition, had a nice layup, easy layup, when he could have done something a little flashy at that point, but instead just made the simple 
simple play, made a nice layup, and helped the Miners when it was close in the second half. Now, it was Otis Frazier, I mean, excuse me, it was Zid Powell down the stretch where he got any foul he wanted. Like, any offensive possession, he could get to the free throw line at will, and it was because it was that man defense that the Miners picked apart. I Mm -hmm. thought they found some holes against Wyoming last night, and they exposed them. I think against Norfolk State, what you realized is UTEP's just struggles against that zone, and they almost dared UTEP to beat them by hitting shots from beyond the perimeter and stuff like that. No, you're right. You're absolutely right. Um, More than anything, the thing that impressed me the most, I think about uh, yesterday's game, was when the game started to, um, you know, kind of get away from UTEP in the middle of the first half and Wyoming kind of built up that seven-point lead and, and looked like they were getting more and more confident, the Miners chipped away, and they were only down by one at the half. I thought that was huge because, you know, if if they don't play – uh, and get themselves back in that game going into the locker room, uh, I don't know if they come out in the second half and do what they did. I, I really felt that you know that they showed a little something, uh, knowing that uh, they weren't going to allow Wyoming to really build up a huge first-half lead and not be able to come back before the break. Yeah, I mean, we talked uh, before the actual broadcast with Voice of the Miners, John Teicher and Steve Yellen, some of the low-scoring matchups. I mean, mm. even Orly was calling in during sports talk saying how uh, he remembers the 28-27 to game. And I was thinking, man, we're throwing it back almost 40 years uh, with the first half being what it was. I mean, it was a yeah. low-scoring game, just a grinded-out physical uh, first half, and the Miners kept it close. They forced a lot of turnovers in the first half. They I did. thought that was the big thing. And then Walters uh, over for Wyoming. That guy's a player, and yeah. they got him in foul trouble uh, in that second half, and when he fouled out, I thought that was also a big difference in the game. Huge difference in the game, if you ask me. It really was. Um, and you're right. I mean, I voted Walters as my on my all-tournament team. Um, I, I, but I also put Aquel Cod on the team, too, because I thought he was really good also. What a baller. What a baller. Yeah. And somebody who was out of, like, Fort Lewis, somebody who, uh, mm-hmm. like, our, our man Colin Deaver sent us, uh, Eastwood went up against in 2019 yeah. during the Texas State playoffs. So, really cool. It's just a neat story. And, man, he's got a pure shot, Steve. Really fun to watch. I included that in the telecast after, um, during a commercial break. Uh, you know, I, I read that uh, message from Colin. I said, it's coming up next. And I I was able to, to work that into the uh, broadcast yesterday. Man, that's awesome. And, hey, by the way, you and Leonard Owen got a lot of praise yesterday on Minor Talk and uh, across social media. I think everybody loved the accessibility of watching the broadcast, and mm-hmm. it was really cool. I mean, just to watch these quality matchups for the past two days. It's a holiday tournament. People come in from out of town, and it's a great time of year to just talk some UTEP hoops. Well, it was fun to work with Leonard. Um, I-, I won't lie to you. You know, we had never worked before uh, this week, and you know, I haven't worked a television game. I told you earlier, I have not worked a TV uh, basketball, college basketball game since probably like 2007 or 2008 when I was doing the New Mexico State Aggies for the one season when uh, I had worked with Reggie Theus. Uh, that I remember very well, and that really was a, a fun, fun time for me. And I had a great time. I thought our our crew uh, was terrific, and you know we we had it was a six man team with three camera operators, one replay. We had our director and producer, and and they did a they did a wonderful job. Um, Leonard's terrific. You know he's he's somebody who's really made it for himself in the media world, in the sales world, not necessarily uh, you know in the on air uh, con, you know content, but just doing sales, and he's done great. And yet you realize. 
uh, he still very much knows the game of basketball, as we talked about, and as he was able to pick up on it uh, the last two days. And so I was happy for him that he was able to be there with us and happy for UTEP. I mean, look, this team hasn't had a lot to get excited about these last few weeks. In fact, fans uh, you know, were, uh, were basically saying it's a lost season. You know, How many more years does Joe Golding have left on his contract? A lot of that. And I'm not saying that, that UTEP is back to where they were in their first five games, but at least they were able to halt the slide, uh, hoist the trophy, and get a little confidence and momentum back. And, you know, at this point with conference play right around the corner, this is kind of exactly what this team needed. Yeah, I was laughing in the intro last night of Minor Talk, and I'm laughing right now because, you know, Steve, less than a week ago, fans are burying this team. Yeah. And they're, they're saying this season's over. They're pressing the panic button. And look, yeah, it's still a long ways away. There's still a lot of season left of them. But the way that they fought back on a quick turnaround, that tells me that this team – you know, they could go through slumps. They could have lulls in their season, yep. but they're going to try to fight back the best way they can. And this week showed me that this team has a little bit of resilience in them. And, and they, they have that resilient attitude toward this season. They don't want to be pushed around. And ha- having lost five games, that wasn't the same team that we saw last night that went out there against Abilene Christian. I thought they were much improved last night. It takes time. It just takes time. That's it. I mean, we're not telling you anything you don't know. I mean, you know, it's not an overnight fix. This is something that, you know, will um, ultimately probably be a, um, you know, uh, I don't know how to put this in, in, in the right context, Adrian, but uh, this is something that to me will probably be, uh, you know, next couple of months, you hope they, they kind of uh, get get their stride and, and start building up uh, some W's, and when the conference tournament starts, you know, they, they have a decent seed, a good draw, and, and go from there. I mean, last night you saw John Dos Anjos do some good things. You saw um, the return of Elijah Jones, albeit briefly. A lot of fans wondering about Elijah. What's happened to him? Why is he not playing? What What's the situation? Look, everything I've heard is that when Elijah came out this season and really looked good, it was against weaker competition. And as the schedule started to get tougher and the teams got tougher and they started to game plan and scout and prepare, they made adjustments. And we saw that, you know, Elijah is still a redshirt freshman who uh, right now is not yet able to maybe give UTEP the kind of minutes they're looking for at this time. I mean, that's, that's just what it is. It's, it's not that Elijah's in the doghouse or he did anything. Nothing like that. It's just I kind of equated it to baseball. So if you go to spring training, a lot of the times you'll see these young rookies who come out of nowhere and start crushing uh, you know, uh, you know, the, the, the relievers that are coming in that are usually minor league pitchers in the 5th, 6th, 7th, 8th innings, and their batting average is really high, and they have a great spring, but uh, if they make the team out of spring training because of their great spring and they start going up against big league pitching, you start to see that uh, pitchers have figured them out, and they have to make more adjustments to, to have that same kind of success against better pitching. Well, that's kind of like the Eliza Jones situation right now. Looked great early on, 
when the team was scoring 122 points and they were playing Division Three opponents. But as they're starting to play, more and more teams that are, um, you know, better teams, better coaches, better preparation, uh, and they've made adjustments to Jones. Now he's got to figure out a way to try and adjust back and continue his growth and development. And as that happens during the course of the season, in practice as well as, uh, you know, when he gets a chance to play during games, you'll see more of him. But until then, Adrian, and you can even say the same thing for David Terrell. He played a lot more in the beginning than he has. Played a little bit yesterday when Camper got into foul trouble, but David Terrell Jr., who was thought to be that point guard who was going to get a ton of minutes this season, you know, if you've got the veterans playing well, David Terrell's not going to play that much because they're trying to set that rotation, and if you put seven, eight guys in that rotation, some of the younger players are going to have a hard time breaking in. So last time we got on the ta- uh, subject of Baylor Hebb and what he's bringing to this team, or what it, you know what his value is to this team, and I said, look, you know what Baylor Hebb is right now at this point? He's taking minutes away from David Terrell Jr. So if you want to have the Elijah Jones conversation about questioning the minutes, you also have to have the same discussion about David Terrell Jr. And the bottom line is, this coaching staff could have uh, redshirted David Terrell Jr. this year, but they wanted him to be thrown out in the mix and get the experience in year one. And yep. I think it's valuable. It just just like it is for uh, Elijah Jones, who hasn't really played a lot of Division One basketball. He just needs games mm-hmm. under his belt. So it's the true. minutes that these guys are getting right now, I think it's an indication of them shortening their bench. Corey Camper last night plays 30 minutes for pretty much the first time we see all season long. And Zid Pal Tay Hardy, both over 34 minutes a game. That's what we're going to see for the rest of the season. That's yep. pr- that's the model for UTEP, playing their guards at length. Corey Camper, uh, people question, well, why is he getting a lot of minutes? He just had four points. Look at how he plays on the defensive side. That's why he's playing in every, you know, in all these minutes throughout last night's game. And he can also handle the basketball, which doesn't have to give Zid Powell the chance to play point guard. And I think that's big too, because if Camper can play the point a little bit more and give Zid the chance to play off the ball, but drive to the hole and do some of the things like he did last night. That also makes UTEP a better team. Yeah, I think that UTEP needs to find some continuity with some of their lineups. They've used the lineup Zid Powell, Tay Hardy, Corey Camper, Otis Frazier, and Kevin Kalu a lot lately. And that lineup needs to have a little bit more continuity. And if you just replace Solomon for Kalu in those stretches when he when Kalu comes off the bench, then I think that's also a significant move as well. So I, I feel like that is a lineup to monitor moving forward as their kind of a go-to lineup, their closing lineup, their starting lineup moving forward. I'm with you on that one. 505-6009 if you want to talk about it. We'll give out awards coming up next. But first, let's go to Charlie One and uh, get our first uh, traffic update of a three-hour Friday show that's going to feature a lot of Sun Bowl content later in the program. Charlie, how are we doing? 21 past the hour. So we continue. The Foss. Steve Foster is going to join us 10 minutes from now for our weekly chat. Before we get to Foss, though, it's time to give out some awards from last night's win for UTEP uh, over the Wyoming Cowboys to win the 2023 West Star Don Heskin Sumble Invitational. Let's start first with our win supply hot hand of the game. Lots to choose from. Who'd you take? We went with Zid Powell last night, uh, somebody who scored in, with a 30-point game for the first time in his UTEP career, uh, 32 points, somebody who's received a lot of criticism as of late for just maybe some decision-making, also some just, uh, I guess, questions as far as what his role is on the team, but he was able 
able to push all the adversity that this team has pl- uh, faced aside. And uh, Zid Powell, what a game he had in this one. Hot hand performance, 9 of 17 from the field, made 14 free throws last night, also totaled 6 rebounds. He had 12 fouls drawn mm. in the game as well, and just 3 turnovers. So pretty solid for Zid Powell, who was our hot hand of the game. Man, terrific stuff. I'll tell you what, um, folks, uh, although the highs in El Paso are still right now in the 50s and 60s, the lows are in the 30s and 40s, and it gets pretty chilly at night. So uh, I want all of you to stay warm this winter. And if you need a uh, new heater or furnace for your home, you can uh, call uh, some of the preferred dealers of uh, Champion Heating and uh, Cooling, and you can find those preferred dealers on windsupplyelpaso.com. Windsupply is the official distributor of uh, Champion Heating and Cooling products, and they want to make sure that you stay warm here uh, over the course of the winter. All you need to do is go to the Find a Dealer tab, and uh, when you go there, you'll have a chance to see all of your uh, nearest Champion dealers. In fact, they've got their certified elite champion dealers as well as their preferred dealers. It's all on windsupplyelpaso.com. How about our Timothy Cantrell, player of the game. So uh, the nerds love him, and that's Otis Frazier third. And when I say the nerds love him, I mean Ken Palm loves him. He had the highest offensive rating of last night. 140 was his offensive rating of any UTEP basketball player. Just a really impressive performance. He's actually shooting uh, 63% this season from two-point attempts, and he's just been a mainstay for this program. You could tell me he had uh, 10 points in this game. You could tell me he had 30 points. It didn't matter when this game was in the hanging in in the balance. I thought it was Otis Frazier who came up big for the Miners. He was the player of the game. Timothy Cantrell is your trusted real estate agent with over 20 years of experience. He's got everything. Knowledge, dedication, resources. Can make your real estate dreams come true, folks. All you need to do is call or text Timothy at uh, 915-204-8441. Don't forget to follow him on Instagram at Timothy Realtor for the latest listings and tips. So those are the awards we've handed out here on the show today as we continue. Do this after every UTEP game. Miners now don't play till Seattle on the 30th. We've got a little time here. We do, and Seattle is a team that's... Um you can't overlook, Steve. They just defeated La Tech in a overtime matchup. They're actually 7-5 and five on the season right now. They have wins against the likes of Southern Utah, UC San Diego, Idaho, and Montana State. So this is a team that uh, I'm definitely, I-, I guess, a little bit um, you know, worried about if I'm the Miners going into that matchup on Saturday, December 30th. So they cannot sleep on Seattle coming in to town next weekend. No, you're right. Uh, a couple of messages coming in on Twitter X uh, at 600 ESPN El Paso. Adrian at enemy win the number three says, Steve, they're playing better, but if we don't get the 20 wins, I think the season is still a failure. You agree with that? 20 or bust for UTEP? That's a good question. Does that count Conference USA tournament wins, and does that count postseason? Mm. Because if they go like 17 games in the regular season and then win two in the in the Conference USA tournament, which is possible, yeah. they can maybe get into a postseason tournament and find their way into one victory there. I would consider that a success. All right. Hey, what would you consider a success, folks? 505-6009. The Foss, Steve Foster, will join us as well. Pinky gets in. It's Heb's second game. We got to see what he has during a game. Some guys are great practice players, but sputter in-game, just saying. Hey, throwing out the Ruben Ramirez, just nice, saying. I nice, like that. Good stuff, Pinky. Yeah, what do you think stuff. about Heb? 
Uh, it's too early. I, it's way too early. I don't have yeah. any opinion on him whatsoever. I just want to see him play more basketball. I do, too. Don't you wish he was like Walters, plays his first games and just destroys in both of those contests? Oh, man, yeah, exactly. I know, me too. All right, uh, we'll come back right now with Cruz, who's joining us next on the phone lines. Cruz, good afternoon. Start us off here on a Friday. Good afternoon. But, hey, uh, there for, for a while, you know, there was a few times when I thought, you know, I, I kept thinking of some of the games back in the 70s. I moved out of El Paso during the 80s, but in the 70s and even the 90s, you know, it was so just sometimes when we were – it's a close game, and all of a sudden we just start to getting cold and, mm. and making mistakes and turnovers and, and just lose the game. And these guys hung in there. You know, it speaks loudly for them. Uh, I'm still noticing that they're they're hesitating, trying to decide whether to pass or shoot. Yep. And I think that what would help, especially the lower classmen, games of one-on-one, you know, game of 21, a, a freshman against seniors, you know, and just mix it all up, freshman against freshman, one-on-one, that will help the team a great deal. And, and one other thing I want to talk about it is um, when we had uh, the head football coach there, hey, you guys did a fantastic job. You, uh, many of us, we had all kinds of questions, and our questions were answered during that program. I want to co- compliment you, you guys. You guys do a fantastic job. When I want to find out about this, hey, I'm, I'm not lying when I tell you this. This is my favorite program. I drop just about everything, and, and I come listening. I sit down. I wash dishes. I do whatever and listen to your program. You guys, hey, thank you. Cruz, awesome stuff, man. Appreciate the kind words. Happy holidays. Thanks for the call. Uh, that's all Adrian and Lane because they had the extended interviews with uh, Scotty Walden. Uh, we had him the day he was hired on Sports Talk when I was live at Memorial Gym, but Adrian had him this week on signing day. Lane and Cade had him on that Friday the week he was hired, and they spent some time with him. So uh, I'm just happy you love the show. That's that's all that matters, no matter who hosts, so whether it's myself, whether it's it's Adrian, whether it's Lane, Zay, Kay, doesn't matter who. Uh, show's in good hands. That's the most important thing right now. Adrian, the show is in good hands. All right. You know what else is in good hands? Sports Center. That's coming up right now. Then the Foss will join us here at the bottom of the hour as we continue. Here's Adrian with the latest. Thank you very much as we continue here on Sports Talk. All right, folks. It's that time again. Time to welcome in this individual for our weekly conversation. He is our, ah, look at that, holiday music. Give me a little bit of that. Let me hear that for a second. Ah, beautiful. Jose Feliciano. Feliz Navidad. Perfect uh, for Santa Foss, who is with us right now. Santa Foss, how are you? I'm doing great. Singing a little uh, Feliz Navidad on the way. To the movies, man. I'm posted up Cinemark, Cedar Park, Cappy. They've got Jack Daniels and Maker's Mark and Coke Frozen for the movies. Are I've you never, serious? I've never seen that. I'm serious. I've never Wait a minute. You can get like a Maker's Mark and uh, and Coke that's like a Slurpee? Exactly. I have one in my right hand as we speak. How is it? Legit. Really? Wow, Cinemark speak, is stepping right? up with the hard stuff. I like that. Yes. Um, I mean, they were like, wow, you want to give us a shout-out? I said, if yeah. you have Makers and Coke frozen, what are they, hey, uh, yeah, I'm going to give you a shout-out. Just out of curiosity, what do they get for a frozen Makers, Mark, and Coke? About 20 bucks? Nine, dollars Get out of here. I'm telling you, man. Wait a minute. Ho, ho, ho. Santa Foss is getting ready to check out Aquaman. Oh, there you go. Santa Foss. 
is getting ready for how many ounces you get in that uh, frozen drink? It's it's legit size. God, I mean, I'm about to take a photo and post, and I take a photo and I put it on. Uh, I put yeah, I'll, I'll put it on X. Are you yeah. wearing a Santa hat today while you're drinking that frozen Maker's Mark and Coke? Nah, nah, nah. I think I think right. I'm going full Christmas mode tomorrow. Had a boy. Had a boy. All right, I'm yeah, proud. Weekend, of you. weekend, weekend. Nicely done. Um, all right, let's get started. Let's talk about uh, everything we need to catch up with here on the show, beginning right. uh, with, I guess, the, the biggest story, and uh, yeah. that is the fact that uh, the Dallas Cowboys laid a colossal egg last week in Buffalo in yep. the horrific weather, and maybe they were due for one of those as good as they've played, and now they have to try and uh, play another team that's even better than Buffalo, Miami, although I'm sure the weather conditions will be ideal for the Cowboys to bounce back this weekend. Yeah, I think you're right. It it harkens me back to one of the greatest of all time that's ever done it, in my opinion, as a commentator in the NFL, which is Howard Cosell. He used to say, and my dad loved telling me this, Miami may have the oranges, but Buffalo has the juice. I'm telling you, if that may have been the case, but Miami has a running game that is unstoppable. They've got over 20 rushing touchdowns and an A-chain that is healthy, fast, as a complement to Mostert. And you know they got the fastest wide receiver in football in Tyreek Hill just as a sideshow. And the man from Bel Air, Texas, right outside of Houston there, the waddler. I love Penguins, so I had to mention him. Good for you. I'm happy about that. By the way, I mean, you know, I, I know Buffalo did a number on the Cowboys, and, and, and the funny thing is Josh Allen didn't even have a huge passing day. I mean, right. he, you know, it was a very, very modest game for Allen, but the defense did this, uh, told the story there. I mean, you tell me, can you think uh, that the, can the Cowboys offense get on track against the Miami D that's not nearly as stout as uh, what Buffalo has to offer? They can, but the question will be, can Dallas outscore Miami on the road? Mm. That, that's the real question. I mean, if all of a sudden these guys want to show out, that being the Miami Dolphins, they, they, they've got weapons. They are, I mean, besides the Ravens in the AFC, um, on, on a good day, Miami is as quiet as it's kept is starting to round in the form. And you know, we, we, we make a difference between the regular season and the postseason. Foss, want to ask you MVP conversation again. Last week, the whole talk around <laughs> and the narrative was around Dak. This week, the narrative's <laughs> around Brock Purdy, actually. And then next week, if the Ravens actually beat the 49ers, the narrative will probably shift over to Lamar Jackson. Who are you taking as your MVP at this point? Well, Lamar Jackson, my fantasy football quarterback. Yeah, that's a, that's a very good uh, uh, name to, to – Select. Yeah, unfortunately, you know I love Dak. I love the Cowboys. But unfortunately, on some Sundays, he becomes Dak as in delirious after kickoff. And we can't have that. We can't have that. Delirious after kickoff doesn't bode well for Cowboys Nation. So uh, Brock Purdy's been steady. Now, they've lost some games, too. And it's interesting if you look at the top. There's about three or four losses which shows you that even the teams that may be middle of the pack or even the Arizona Cardinals can jump up and get you because yeah. these are some of the best athletes in the world getting paid high top dollar. But uh, I would say whoever wins the game between the Ravens and the 49ers, that quarterback probably is the front runner. 
How do you see Dak uh, shaping up versus Tua when they go head-to-head? Man, I hope he battles. I really do. I hope Dak says, okay, now I've got good weather. I've got a comeback from last week. He has it in him. It's just, is it going to actually come to fruition? That's why I hate the word potential, because potentially Dak can be that good. But that just means that there was a maybe, and if that maybe never shows up, you know, we're just with a very good NFL quarterback. What's a bigger concern this weekend? Dak getting on track against Miami or the Cowboys' defense slowing down a very good Dolphins offense? Actually, the defense. Because Ray Lewis told you, hey, Trent Dilfer, just get me, just get me 10 points, 13 points, and we can win a game. That is going to be the one thing that takes a team to championships and gets a win is the defense. So I, I need Dan Quinn and the defense to get back on task. Foss, I'll shift it over to another team in the NFC East. Are you worried about Philadelphia right now, having lost these games the way they've had, especially this recent loss to Seattle? No, no. Philadelphia is not Dallas's issue or problem. It's going to be that defense – it's going to be Dak playing as well as he can. Not, not can. In, in most teams that I've been affiliated with as a player, as a coach, or whatever, you don't concern yourself with the other team. You can what's going on with your team and how it's performing. And so that defense getting back on task and, and Dak uh, leading a team up and down the field, yeah, that's going to be much more of a concern than the Philadelphia Eagles. I'm with you on that one. In fact, when you look at the Dolphins, they put up points every week against everybody, no matter who they play. They mean they 70 hung, they, at one yeah. point in yes. this season, just so you know. And they hung, and I know the Jets are terrible, but they still hung 30 on that defense, and that's impressive. Right. So, like Correct. I said, the Dolphins can score. This I'm with you on this. I don't have nearly as much concern about Dak and the offense this weekend as right. I do about the defense. That's right. That's how Because most – if they can get that running game, that means play action becomes a beast. And if you look into the backfield and let Tyreek Hill get two strides on you, mm, good night. Good night. And Waddle went for 60 and a touch last weekend as well. That was a pretty pass. He's also on one of my fantasy teams. So, Santa Foss, I know you've got a Makers and Coke uh, frozen that's going to be like a great early Christmas drink for you as you watch Aquaman tonight. Yes. What um, What do you want the most for the holidays right now? What's your biggest holiday wish? Uh, well, I think I may have gotten it with Nebraska getting uh, Rayola for a quarterback. Because we could have been at a bowl game, and I could have been somewhere different, possibly taking this call. <laughs> so, just, thank That's you true. for getting a quarterback at Nebraska. Um, and, and I do want to get a chance uh, to find a way to to get back to to El Paso. Uh, I love coming home. Oh, you maybe, say that every year. You say that every week for crying out loud. It's like it's like the uh, phantom bottle of tequila that Augustine's been promising me for the last ten years. Stop it with the I want to get back home talk. You know that. Come on, Cappy. I was there last year. I know. Yeah, and and when you were here last year, how how often do we see you? I went, We went to the. We came to the studio. We we saw you once. Once you didn't. Well, but you only had us on once. Well, you know, <laughs> we could only get on when you tell us. Adrian, does he have does he have an open invitation whenever? Yes, you can uh, okay. you can join us whenever, Foss. Whenever you're in the yeah. whenever you're in the nine one five, Foss. This is a Nebraska Texas 
connection. I'm coming on Arbor Day next year. You know, Arbor Day started in Nebraska. So mm. I'm, I'm going to be in El Paso broadcasting with y'all on Arbor Day 2024. How about oh, that? that's that's fantastic. That is <laughs> that's what I that's what I want. I want you on Arbor Day. That'll be good. All right. Very nice. Hey, by the way, I just checked the portal. Um, we are still pending uh, for the uh, for the big one here in Vegas. Just okay. so you know. All right. All right. All right. Well, just we'll checking. get it done. I'm Absolutely. not worried. I am not no. worried. Uh, enjoy yourself, Santa Claus. Have a great time and uh, yes. give us a full Aquaman <laughs> movie review coming up next week. Absolutely, and and I really hope the defense uh, leads uh, this Cowboys offense. It'd be a great win on the road in Miami. I'm with you. All right, get back into that movie, enjoy the beverage, and we'll talk to you. Plus, I'm still mad at Will Smith, so welcome to Miami. It's still not on the playlist. All right. <laughs> All right, y'all. Merry Christmas. Much love. Merry Christmas. There he is, the Foss. Santa Foss uh, joining us here on Sports Talk. Do they make Makers and Soda Frozen at uh, Cinemark here in El Paso? Yeah, I haven't been in a while. i got I got to check it out. For 10 bucks? I know, right? Wow. Starting Christmas early. I'll tell you who would love that would be... Chad Middleton, I know that. 20 in front of 5 as Sports Talk continues. Come back with more in a moment. 600 ESPN El Paso. Could be the most diverse Sun Court ever. I think last year every single person was uh, was UTEP, if I'm not mistaken. The like the entire court was UTEP. This year, here's who we have represented. Listen to this. UTEP, University of Arkansas, University of Mississippi, Sol Ross State, Texas Tech, Texas A&M, University of Notre Dame. That is by far the most diverse Sun Court I have ever interviewed over the course of a year doing this program. Yeah, and that's actually great for the Sun Bowl because that says that it has great outreach to people mm-hmm. who uh, maybe they grow up here in El Paso, they leave off to colleges, but they want to still contribute to their hometown and their community here in El Paso. That's a really, really cool thing right there. It is a really, really cool thing. Yeah, I am excited about that. And... Um, really looking forward to having the entire Sun Court on with us here today. There will be 10 ladies, the queen, the lady-in-waiting, and then we have the eight Sun Princesses, and we'll do that over the course of the 6 o'clock hour, like we have over the course of many, many years. Now, have to bring this story up because it's it's upsetting some, although if you're a Dodgers fan, you have to be super excited. Because we found out last night that Yoshinobu Yamamoto, the Japanese star pitcher, has picked his team. And it will not be the Mets. It will not be the Yankees. It will be the Los Angeles Dodgers. 12 years, $325 million. This is the largest deal for a pitcher in years and value in Major League Baseball history. The Dodgers will also pay an additional $50.6 million posting fee to Yamamoto's previous team, the Oryx Buffaloes, which, uh, man, means the Dodgers will be spending more than a billion dollars in free agency. Yeah, there's so many questions I have for this one, Steve. The first one I have, uh, so he's five foot ten. Uh, it, he's killing it right now in, in uh, what he's doing over in Japan and, and the uh, you know the NPB right now. He's had the MVP awards and the Cy Young awards. 
does he is he like already a top fifteen pitcher in baseball right now? Well, I mean, that's the way people are looking at him, and and it's weird because let me tell you this: if you come from if you're in the minor, most teams will want nothing to do with right. you. They will never think of you as a frontline starter. Nobody, and I mean nobody, would ever throw three and a quarter out at a young pitcher that's twenty five years old, five ten, one seventy six, but. He's dominated the Japanese leagues for so many years now. He's pitched since he's like 18 that he's kind of a seasoned veteran, even though he's 25 years old. And and major league teams were not worried about his size at all. They feel like he'll be a frontline starter just because uh, he's been so good in Japan all these years. And the Dodgers decided, yeah, let's go out and... And give him over $300 million. Yeah, I heard a comparison today, Tim uh, Tim Lincecum. Mm. uh, You know, kind of interesting. An undersized pitcher right there, but packs a lot of uh, punch. And so I'm curious if that's the case. Let me say this. Tim Lincecum was great for a while. Great for a while. And then what ended up happening to Tim Lincecum? He broke down. Broke down, and that was the end of his career. So, you know, it's you're, you're always great until you get your first bad arm injury. And after that, it's a crapshoot to see if you'll come back. Alexa Dominguez at Westside underscore 915 got in with this yesterday. Dodgers are becoming the villain in today's sports world. All is okay in L.A. Hashtag Dodgers. You tell me, is Alexa D, is she right? Are the Dodgers the villain in today's sports world because you've got Yamamoto, you've got Otani, You've got Mookie Betts, you have Freddie Freeman, you have everybody in Los Angeles right now uh, for the Dodgers. They are a loaded team, and they just got better. So if you hate the Dodgers, you hate teams that are like big city, you know, uh, type of teams that just try to outweigh everybody because of their salary cap. So that would be the people who don't like the Dodgers. Or if you just dislike LA, you dislike the Dodgers, period. I'll say this, it's hard to hate Mookie Betts. Hard to hate Freddie Freeman. Hard to hate uh, Shohei Otani, even Will Smith, Mac, Max Muncy. Uh, they have some likable players on their team. So regardless, you take away uh, the jersey, the team they play for, it's a lot of likable players across that roster. Couldn't agree with you more. And you're right. There are a lot of likable players. All right, folks. 53 past the hour as we continue here on Sports Talk. Travis is already here. We'll talk to the acting president of the Sun Bowl Association. What a year for him. You imagine if you're the president the year that Notre Dame comes to El Paso, you're probably like, all right, uh, there's nothing more I can do. I've, I've done it all. And uh, yes, uh, they will remember me as the year Notre Dame came back to El Paso. You know, I love when we get a chance to kind of reassess things, Steve, and see how this really impacts the economy mm-hmm. side of things for El Paso. This is going to be one of those huge, huge impacts on our local community for all the people who, uh, you know, go to all the restaurants out there and all the different bars that are out here in El Paso, the small different businesses and shop here, go to the hotels. That's so important for the community. So I love that part of this Sun Bowl in particular because it's just drawing so much buzz. Considering Travis's day job is in the financial world, I am sure that he knows all about the impact on the community that this game will have since uh, it's sold out uh, in less than a day when they announce these teams. So we'll do that coming up, 5 o'clock hour next. Great to have you with us on our Friday edition of Sports Talk right here, 600 ESPN El Paso. 
Sports Studio. Here's Steve Kaplowitz and Adrian Broadus. Start of hour number two here on Sports Talk. Welcome back, everybody, as we get you into what's going to be a very Sun Bowl-themed uh, two hours on a Friday afternoon. The West Star Don Haskins Sun Bowl Invitational wrapped up yesterday. We had uh, Norfolk State, South Dakota State, University of Wyoming, and UTEP, and the Miners ended up winning the uh, 62nd um I believe it's the second, 62nd anniversary of the West Star Don Haskins invitation. I've lost track, folks. It's so many years. But it started in 1961. We know that. And uh, the Miners brought the title back home. First time since uh, 2019. Now we've got the Tony the Tiger Sun Bowl coming up a week from today. Adrian, it's hard to believe in one week. It'll be the Tony the Tiger Sun Bowl. Yeah, I can't wait, Steve. It's going to be a lot of fun. This is going to be a really exciting time of year. Uh, And it always is when the players are coming into town, when you just finish up the great holiday tournament and you turn the page and get ready for some football, which is just about to come. You're right. Uh, By the way, as far as uh, jackpot, that is how I would describe the presidency for one Travis Hughes. It's his first run as president. And uh, boy, oh boy, look at what he gets to uh, enjoy. UTEP winning the basketball tournament, Notre Dame and Oregon State a week from today. Welcome to the show, Travis. How are you? Thank you, Steve. Yes, it it is. uh, It's a pinch me is this real moment, an absolute fairy tale, because the Fighting Irish were nowhere in their pool, and it all happened after a lot of anxiety on Selection Sunday and uh, we came out on the winning end of that as a community. Before I ask you how you lucked into your presidency this year, because this is, you have hit the jackpot. I would play lottery numbers if I were you, and I would think about some of these other ways to uh, kind of roll the dice after what's been happening. Let's talk first about uh, your experience uh, volunteering with the Sun Bowl and uh, how many years you've been doing it and how it's kind of led to you getting into the president role this year. Yeah, uh, Sun Bowl's been... Uh, uh, to say the least, it's been a family tradition. My my wife was the Sumbo Queen in 1997. Mm-hmm. My father-in-law was the Sumbo President in 2010. I've been serving on the board, gosh, maybe close to 15 years, and um, um, always enjoyed it uh, uh, in numerous capacities. And as you stated, this will be my first year or this is my first year as president of the Sun Bowl, and um, I got the luck of the Irish uh, on me. Travis, did you grow up in El Paso? I did not. I did not. I um, I grew up mostly in Latin America. I uh, was raised in uh, Venezuela and Brazil, Mexico City. Did kind of a tour outside of the U.S. and then came back to the country uh, as an adult. What brought you back uh, to the U.S.? Interestingly, we were living in Mexico City when there was a significant um, monetary devaluation, earthquake, very poor conditions at the time. And we moved up here with the intention of of uh, just it being a step, El Paso, the step, uh, which would take us back to Mexico City when things uh, became more peaceful. Turns out that they didn't. We fell in love with El Paso and this became our home and our roots. And this is family headquarters I'm blessed that my parents live here, my siblings, my uh, my wife, my wife's family. Uh, so this is this is family headquarters for us. And as I say in Spanish, El Paso es mi tierra. 
You know, it's amazing. I never would have had any idea that you spent uh, really most of your uh, your childhood and your young adult life uh, in Latin America prior to moving uh, here to El Paso and settling down here. I, this, at first, I've learned of it. Yeah, I, I, um, uh, I'm fortunate that I can understand people talking Spanish around me and, and uh, I yeah. can easily flow into their conversation. Uh, so it's it's a benefit being here on the border. It's wonderful. Plus, if people look at you and they say, ah, there's no way he knows anything about Spanish, and they start talking Spanish to each other, you can listen very quietly, pretend like you don't know, and then all of a sudden uh, you can, uh, you'll, you'll know exactly what's being said. That's a, that's a nice advantage to that. I like that. Yes, I want to say that's happened uh, on many occasions. Uh, <laughs> I'm yes. sure it did. All right, uh, Travis Hughes with us, president of the Sumball Association. Let's talk about all the things you've had a chance to do during the course of your run as president, because it started earlier this year, and things have kind of culminated now here towards the end of the year with the football game. But uh, what's it been like for you, just the opportunity to, to be a part of so many different activities through the Sun Bowl Association? Yeah, that's a good question. i got to tell you, there's a misconception that the Sun Bowl is a one day out of the year. It's actually a uh, around-the-clock, 24-7, 365 uh, the activities start off at the beginning of the new year, and they go all the way through. Um, the Sun Bowl has um, a flag football tournament. It has a uh, Sun Court uh, coronation. Mm-hmm. It has the, as you mentioned earlier, the um, uh, the Sun Bowl Invitational Basketball Tournament. Um, big shout-out to Coach Golding with the Big W. Uh, we love you, and thank you for bringing, bringing back the trophy to us. And um, uh, we have uh, fan fiesta activities. We have the Thanksgiving Day Parade. Uh, the activities fill up the calendar for the whole year. So it's exciting to participate in all of these. And then the crescendo, the volcano erupts. It culminates on December 29th at, uh, at noon. Now, you mentioned something very interesting, okay? Uh, your father-in-law has been president of this uh, of the Sun Bowl Association. You've volunteered for years as well. The last 15 years, your wife has been uh, a sun queen, and you start to look back at everything. Did you know prior to coming on as president exactly what this uh, association, what everything entails in terms of all the events, the time, the planning, the volunteers, or did you really get a better handle of that firsthand uh, once you were a part of this as president? Yeah, good question. I, I've served for enough years that I I knew that the presidency was a major commitment. Um, and um, I think the board is a bunch of well-heeled, well-versed pillars of the community. Uh, they're very careful in the vetting and selection process for somebody that has the level of commitment and that that can represent the city well. And I'm absolutely humbled and honored to be that person this year. Travis Hughes with us here on Sports Talk as we continue. What's been the most fun for you so far? I gotta, I'm, I'm going to quantify that one. Um, I have a five-year-old girl that when she found out that we were going to be riding in a convertible on the Thanksgiving Day Parade. Um, it made her so happy, she immediately started practicing her wave in front of the mirror. I have a large family, but uh, the highlight for my little girl was uh, going down Montana Street with the streets lined. We had absolute, we were blessed with beautiful weather that day. 
So it was it was a gorgeous parade with the streets lined with probably 200, 250,000 people uh, cheering us on. So a very memorable uh, highlight moment, uh, particularly for my young daughter. My, um, my teenage boys, they absolutely love football and they love basketball. And they were th- with me for the last two nights at the Don, um, uh, courtside cheering on, jumping out of their seats as we uh, were able to pull off the win in game one and then the even bigger win um, in, uh, in game two in the championship game. Fantastic. So everybody's happy. It sort of sounds like. Now, did your wife get a chance to help out with the Sun Court and make it a complete family affair this time around? Yeah, she wasn't part of the Sun Court selection committee. Mm-hmm. Uh, however, um, she did uh, have a chance to uh, to meet uh, all the young ladies. Uh, what a great what a great representation we have this year. We have, um, and you'll like this, Steve. We. Uh, we have uh, representation from Arkansas, um, from Texas Tech. We have uh, representation from um, Mississippi. Uh, Mississippi. That's right. And uh, and get this, we have a young lady who is a junior from Notre Dame. I said before we brought you on that, and I've done this interview. It seems like forever with the Sun Court. We get them all in an hour. We talk to everybody and, and really get to you know learn a little bit about each of them. This has to be the most diverse court. I have ever seen. In fact, if I'm not mistaken, last year's Sun Court was all UTEP. Every single member, maybe with the exception of one, had had uh, attended UTEP. So this one is, to me, I've never seen any court as diverse as this. I agree. We uh, we have to give uh, credit where credit is due. Uh, uh, Linda Smith, who heads up the court did a, uh, a fantastic job this year making sure that we had diversity and that uh, we had good universities represented. More importantly, these young ladies have been carefully selected so that they could uh, represent our city when the coaches and the players come in and uh, provide a memorable experience with, with, uh, with our secret sauce, which is the hospitality and the warmth and welcoming all these folks to our community. I'm happy you mentioned the secret sauce, because the truth is this game, this association, doesn't have nearly the reputation that it's earned all these years if it wasn't for all the people that volunteer their time and efforts throughout the course of the year. Yeah, without a doubt, I sometimes describe... Um, the, uh, the the Sumbo organization as a octopus with with uh, a thousand tentacles reaching out into the community. And each one of those tentacles represents a volunteer that touches somebody in the community, whether it's putting together floats or whether it's um, uh, helping with uh, with parking. Uh, there is just it cannot happen without the heart of the operation is a thousand or so folks that are committing their time and their energy to uh, uh, to make all the events uh, successful events. Now, uh, the teams get in this week. Uh, they will have different events culminating in the football game on Friday. So despite everybody thinking that the Tony the Tiger Sun Bowl is the big one, there's still a lot of work to do leading up to that, isn't there? Yes. Um, uh, the heavy lifting uh, begins on Christmas Eve. The teams begin to come in, and uh, there's quite a bit of um, – in order to make it a, a wonderful, memorable experience for the teams and the coaches, we stack the schedule with activities from the time that they, they, they land at the airport. Mm-hmm. And it's, um, it's, it's the mariachi welcoming, it's the uh, folkloric dancing, it's the Mexican fiesta, uh, it's uh, the consumption 
of cows upon cows at cattle mints. Uh, it is just a wonderful, uh, uh, wonderful uh, um, uh, week of uh, packed activities. It is a visit to uh, Fort Bliss. Um, the players even have a chance to to uh, fire some of the military weapons with rubber bullets, of course. Um, uh, we give them a flair of the Southwest by getting them an opportunity to get some wonderful Lucchese boots. Uh, we do some hospital visits. Just a, a, a fully stacked week of activities um, uh, starting um, on Christmas Eve. When does your um, position officially come to an end as president? That will be in the late spring of next year. All right. So you've got time. Enjoy not just the next week, but the remainder of your presidency. Have a good time. I know it's going to be a great game because everything's been great so far with this uh, Sumball Association. And, uh, Travis, thanks so much for being here and, and sharing some of this with us on the show today. Steve, thank you, and happy holidays. Happy holidays. He's Travis Hughes, folks, a president of the Sumball Association as we continue. When we come back, we'll talk Fan Fiesta next. It's Sports Talk right here, 600 ESPN El Paso. 20 past the hour as we continue here on Sports Talk. Excited about our next two guests. We have Pat Valdez-Rios. We have Brooke Underwood. They are both part of the great team here at the uh, Sumble Association talking fan fiesta. Pat, it's great to see you. Brooke, it's been uh, a few weeks since we last saw each other at the ball fields. and right. Great to have you here as well. How are you ladies doing today? We are doing phenomenal and just so excited that we are literally a week away. I can't believe it. It's like the game is a week away. The fan fiesta is six days away. Uh, before we, uh, we talk about this year's fan fiesta, I'm curious, uh, Pat, Brooke, how long have the two of you been volunteering for the fan fiesta? Wow. Oh. You're going to date us. Yes. Very much so. <laughs> so I was involved with the very first fan fiesta that was at the outdoor mm-hmm. Facility That's right. at UTEP, yes. Oh, wow. Yes. Just a few years ago. Just a couple. Yeah. It has to be a little bit past 20 because uh, pre I was pregnant, literally, so it was 21 years ago. Aww. Very nice. Mm-hmm. Well, that's a nice little anniversary in a way to commemorate that, that, Pat. I like yeah, that. I love that. I've, Brooke, what about you? I've been with uh, Visit El Paso, the Convention and Visitors Bureau here in the city, um, and I'm coming up on 16 years, so I've been volunteering and, and being a part of the Sun Bowl and this great event for our community since then. I love it. And uh, ladies, this one's going to be a big one. I mean, every year it's it's a party, but I feel like this year with the teams coming in and what we already know, it has a chance to be even that much more special, doesn't it? Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, Steve, it actually doesn't even just start at the Fan Fiesta in the evening. It starts with the cheer camp early in the day, mm-hmm. and that just takes it right into the whole event for the entire community to take part. You see those girls participating with the cheerleaders, and then it takes us right into the Fan Fiesta at 4 o'clock. Excellent. So the cheer camp gets to work with the Notre Dame and the Oregon State cheerleaders, correct? Correct. correct. That sounds like fun. Now, the Fan Fiesta starts at 4 mm-hmm. Uh, This, again, is a free event. It is important to note this is a free event presented by El Paso Live. Brooke, tell me a little bit about what what to expect. Well, I feel like we could have really mailed it in uh, this year. I think that the the teams are doing the heavy lifting. Bernie and his team and and staff at the Sun Bowl Association are really doing it. But Pat and I and and the team at uh, uh, Destination El Paso uh, weren't going to squander the opportunity to welcome a bunch of new ambassadors to the community. So beginning at 4... 
Uh, we'll open the doors um, um, and welcome everyone there. There's great entertainment. There's wonderful food vendors. Uh, we've got some really exciting things in the hall, um, um, at the lobby and then in the hall, but uh, a gaming area. So you'll have mini golf. You'll have full-size foosball. Wow. All of those great um, uh, games that you can play. But Kellogg's has a great presence right there in the front of the building as well. Excellent. Yes. Pat, yes. what about what about Kellogg's? Tell me a little about what, what's, what they're going to be getting a chance to do, too. So they will have a, their own space, and it's going to be large enough to do a lot of interactive activities. Oh, cool. You know, um, Tony the Tiger will probably make an appearance, oh, and nice. that will be phenomenal. <laughs> and again, just having that opportunity to welcome everybody into the convention center and just take part in a full night of activities, events, and fun. I understand there's going to be a drone show, too. Who's going to tell me about the drone show? We're excited to yes, tell you about the drone show. Excited. Yeah, very so we're working with Sky Elements, uh, and they're coming in to do a fantastic drone show. So this is this is modern-day fireworks, but you can write your, your logo or team logos up in the air. And so oh. uh, this will be the first free public drone show in El Paso. We want to make sure everyone comes out. I know you stressed it's free, but bring the family I think we've got a great footprint with ice skating outside, but at 9 p.m. sharp, the drones will rise into the sky and give us a great, uh, colorful presentation. Oh, my God. So you could basically show up to the Fan Fiesta, Uh stay till it's over, and then the minute it ends, walk right outside and see the drone show. Yes. Yes. I've never seen a uh, an outdoor drone show like a fireworks show. It sounds like it is something that you absolutely have to see to believe. It's amazing. It's amazing. We had we had Bernie uh, join us and and um, for a, a private uh, showing that we did for a convention uh, a couple of months ago, and he was blown away. And he goes, "How do we do this?" And I go, well, "We've got a plan. So let let's get together." Um, and some some great. Um, very, uh, the show will be very representative of El Paso and then, of course, the teams that are coming. But it's free. It's about 15 minutes. It's set to music. Wow. Um, and then that's, that the party doesn't end with the drone show. You can actually go back in, finish um, playing some games, eat some food, and the, the full fan fiesta ends at 10. Oh, that's amazing. All right. Well, listen, I'm there. It's as simple as that. I'm not, there is absolutely no way we're missing the fan fiesta and any, and I've been over the years so many times. I remember seeing Three Dog Night at the fan fiesta <laughs> yes. years ago. Yeah. Uh, we've had some great concerts, but I like the event because I like to see not just the locals come and check it out, but I love it when we get to see some of the out of town visitors come by and, and just, they're so impressed and taken back by what they see prior to the bowl game. Well, let me go ahead and tell you, Steve, prior to that, we're also going to have a parade. And the parade will include both of the bands coming through mm-hmm. and having a parade downtown around the Placita so that they can see, be seen by the community and then come back in um, and do the Battle of the Bands. You know you have to see the Battle of the Bands. That's an opportunity to see both Oregon State as well as Notre Dame and participate as part of the Significant Who love a good marching band. Exactly. I'm all Everybody about the loves bands. A good marching band. That's right. Uh, will the entire convention center main hall be opened up for yes. this fan? Yes, all eighty thousand square feet will be activated inside, but that lobby will be programmed, and then of course things outside as well. So, will the there be building. will there be merch available for purchase for fans that want to get a head start and not have to wait all all those lines on game day? Most Absolutely. definitely, we've been working with uh, Bernie's vendor, and they're moving in. Um, the day prior to get ready and, and meet the demand of, of all the people looking for their Sun Bowl merch. Good. So we've got merch. We've got food. We have bands. We have dancing. We have drones. Games. We've got games. Lots of games. The EA. There's actually so there's going to be like 
gaming as well as adult games you can play too. So there will be games that you can actually participate in with your body, but then we'll also have about 10 consoles. So mm, yes. if you can think of there's a there's a local bar down here and they've got the like uh, pinball machines and things like that. So we'll have about 10 of those units nice. that you can play all sorts of is this cool going to be? Is this going to be just? I mean, probably the biggest fan fiesta ever in terms of scope because of the teams and what we're having both inside and outside. And outside yes, and we're very excited about it. You know, it takes a lot of planning, Steve. I believe. I it. believe that um, our president Travis Hughes just commented that it's a year long event for all the Sun Bowl Association with all the different events that take place. This it has months of planning in play. Brooke and I have had the opportunity to work together. We've known each other for just a few, just a few, just a few, just a few minutes, and nice. um, just to be able to work with one another and make it happen for the community is phenomenal. Working with the Sun Bowl Association is one of the highest. Um, honors that I've had to have an opportunity to work with, and it's just been phenomenal. Uh, ladies, tell me about parking, because we know you can park uh, right there inside the convention center. That's probably the easiest way to park uh, for this event. But as things start to fill up, especially if the crowd is as big as I think it's going to be for a free event like the Fan Fiesta coming up on the 28th from 4 until 10, as we talked about, where uh, is the best, uh, you know, the best places to park if, in fact, things do get tight around the convention center because of the event itself? So you've got over 900 parking spots directly beneath the convention center. So obviously that is super convenient. And it takes a takes a little bit to fill it up. But directly to the south on San Antonio Street is the Union Plaza Transit Terminal. And that offers another close to four and a half uh, 400 or so parking spots. So there's plenty right there within walking distance. Uh, of course, there's plenty of meters and things like that. Um, but uh, I think everyone should take advantage. You can park as far as the, the Wells Fargo, enjoy the Placita, the parade, and all of that, and then and then end at the convention center. That's good. And and the lot you mentioned is really used mostly during uh, Chihuahuas games and locomotive games. That's so true. it's Correct. a it's a it's a hop, skip, and a jump away from the Coliseum. It's an easy walk, and uh, yeah, I am just I'm ready to go. I, I wish we could almost have this fan fiesta today. Don't you almost wish we could have this thing right now? And, you know, the weather has been phenomenal in El Paso. Yep. And we have to take a, an opportunity to say, come down, enjoy it, and we are ready. We're Adrian, ready. have you ever seen an outdoor drone show like the ladies are talking about yes, right now? Yes, I have. And it's it's been a big popular thing recently on music festivals, but nothing like this. This seems like uh, one of a kind for anybody who's looking for a football game, mm. the, the fan fiesta ahead of time. This is just one of those unique opportunities. This is only one of those things that you really see at like Coachella or like a yep. South by Southwest or Austin City Limits type of thing. Except this is free and you can just go right outside and see it uh, at night. Nine o'clock. Once uh, the thing gets started, that's that's even better. Mm-hmm. Exactly it really right. Is. That's yes. exactly right. Um, uh, so I asked uh, Travis a moment ago about volunteers, and uh, he was talking about everybody that volunteers for this event. Uh, Pat, how many volunteers do we have for the fan fiesta? When you really start to add up everybody that's helping out. Oh my goodness! So the fan fiesta committee through the Sun Bowl Association sits about sixteen, mm-hmm. and then obviously we work hand in hand with Brooke and her team. And at that point, Steve, people just come out and just say, "What can I do to help? Mm-hmm. We want to work with you. We want to help you. We want to make this a success for everyone." And if there's anybody out there that wants to be part of our of our um, committee, please um, reach out to us. You can contact the Sun Bowl office. You can contact um, um, Bernie's office. Let them know. 
Brooke and I will take you on and we will put you to work. I love that. And, you know, I don't think it's work. I think we both, I think we enjoy it and, and getting the opportunity to work and showcase our city. Um, it's, it should come as no surprise that El Paso doesn't have, uh, it's always fighting perceptions and, and negative media. And so this is a great opportunity to, dis- to dispatch thousands of new ambassadors for the community. And you hear that if you've ever traveled with Bernie, people go, oh, I remember my time at the Sun Bowl or I remember going out for that game. And uh, we're known for our hos- hospitality. Um, so I think this is a, a great opportunity. And, yes, we're spending our holidays uh, doing this, but it's a, it's a labor of love, and I'm happy to do it. Absolutely, Excellent. Absolutely. What is the timeline for the parade and the Battle of the Bands? So if people want to make sure that they don't miss out on those two marquee events, when will they need to be there by? They need to be lined up around the Placita. I would say no later than 515. The parade is going to start at 530. Okay. So you've got your spot, and you're just going to see them coming in. Then we had, um, invite everyone to follow the bands over to the convention center and then walk in. Then at that point in time, the Battle of the Bands will be starting at 6.30. Excellent. So really, you get there by 5, get a nice spot for the parade, and then you can go ahead and just fi- – it's kind of fun if you could trail the parade and just Absolutely. walk right in and check Absolutely. out Battle of the Bands. become part of the parade. We that is really cool. A, a banner, a banner. <laughs> that says, follow me to Fan Fiesta. So we encourage people to, to follow us in and join nice. the parade and, and, and come party with us. And if you're a foodie, there's going to be some really good oh, food there, oh isn't gosh, there? Yes. Listen, that's I, if there's good food, <laughs> trust there. the girl with the muffin top. I'm going to lead you right to all the good booths. <laughs> I know, listen, food. I know your husband. I know what he likes to do <laughs> yeah. in his spare time. So, yes, there is oh, there is never a shortage of nope. great nope. food nope. at the Underwood household. I, I also that. think that that's like a love language right there. So uh, yes. we feed these visitors and, and send them with full bellies off. Excellent. Um, all right, before I let you go, ladies, tell me holiday meals coming up this Christmas Eve, Christmas Day. What are we making in the house, Pat? Uh, what are you serving up? We are going to do a traditional Mexican buffet this Christmas. Excellent. Um, my daughter's in town, and she's missed it, so she's the one that got to choose this year, and that's what we're doing. Give me the uh, menu items for the traditional Mexican buffet. What are we talking about? We are here? doing enchilada casseroles, enchilada oh. riennos, oh queso, rice, beans, tacos. <laughs> you live on the west side? I do. I will see you there. Right up the street from Brooke. Come on. I will be making an appearance. Brooke actually doesn't live that far from me, Pat. So that's good. Brooke, what are you doing? Well, you know Underwood. He can't go without a a nice big smoked prime rib. So that's what what the Underwoods will be having. Enjoy. And and, uh, about 16 to 18 people will be there. So you know that there will be food aplenty. Excellent. Ladies, Merry Christmas. Happy Holidays. Thank you for being here and uh, giving us all the details for what's going to be one of the best fan fiestas we will ever, ever. see here for the Sun yes. Bowl. Agreed. Agreed. Tell your friends. Come out with the family. Awesome. Absolutely. See you there, Steve. You got it. That's Pat and Brooke, folks, from the Fan Fiesta as we continue here on Sports Talk. 34 past the hour right now. More coming up. But first, here's Adrian and this bottom of the hour Sports Center update. Look, I know we are the hype machine. That's our job from time to time. We like to hype it up. But I'm not going to lie to you. This fan fiesta sounds amazing. It really does. Like, the more they started talking about it, I'm like, look, you sold me at the adult games we can play. And then you got everything else. You got Battle of the Bands. You got the parade. You got the drone show. You got the food, the merch. I'm like, and it's free? Come on. This is going to be 
awesome uh, on uh, Thursday night. Yeah, it's always a great time, right? The Fan Fiesta, they always do a great job doing this, and it just unites everybody, uh, both teams specifically, before the big game. That's what I love about it, uh, knowing that we've got a noon kickoff, knowing that that's a little early for some people. Hey, why not get it started early, and uh, that is a Thursday evening at the Fan Fiesta. That's right. That is right. So yeah, don't um, don't miss out, folks. I mean, you got to be a part of this. It's gonna be it's gonna be big time. I'm excited about that. In fact, if I'm not mistaken, Adrian, aren't we airing bowl games on Thursday the 28th? I I don't have this. You know what? Let me check. I, I'll I think check we've schedule. got. I think we have the Pinstripe Bowl, the Pop Tarts Bowl, the Alamo Bowl. I mean. We might, uh, and that might start at 12 noon on Thursday. We might just be, uh, you know, having a chance to play a little hooky from work that day from bowl games so we can get out there and be uh, and, and check out the whole fan fiesta. Yeah, that'd be great, along with all the practices that go on next week and all of that kind of stuff. This is just the time of year for Sun Bowl stuff. So, yeah, I'm all for that, Steve, if that ends up being the case. It better be the case, Adrian. I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna go make sure it's the case. Let's just uh, see how that goes. Thirty eight past the hour as we continue here on Sports Talk. Very excited about the fan fiesta and all the events that are gonna be coming up here. You wanna get into the program? Five oh five six zero zero nine. We've got a lot more coming up. By the way, a belated congratulations to the Rams. Winning yesterday, 30-22 over the Saints. You know, with the game that we had last night with the Miners in Wyoming, we didn't even get to talk about Thursday night football. Yeah, I I got a chance to talk about it a little bit on Sports Talk, but, uh, you know, the Rams got up early against the Saints, and Matthew Stafford is really catching his stride late in the season. They could sniff a sixth seed or a seventh seed, nothing really better than that, but that's okay for the Rams. I mean, it's obviously the Cowboys who are going to take the top wild card seed. If if somehow they don't get it, then it's going to be, of course, the Eagles who get that top wild card seed. But regardless, the Rams are a team. If I'm an opposing team out there, like a contender who really wants to go to the Super Bowl, I don't want to play the Rams on my quest there. They don't have the best defense. They let teams back in games. It's it's back-to-back weeks where they go up big and then they start to let the team uh, start to come back in garbage time. So Washington did it last week. Yeah. Saints did it this week. But still, Rams are scoring points, and it's hard to keep up with them right now. It really is. 39 past the hour as we continue here on Sports Talk. We're going to come back, wrap up Hour 2. We've got the Sun Court on their way. We'll get a chance to meet them in a little bit as Sports Talk continues right here. Friday edition, 600 ESPN El Paso. 48 past the hour as we continue. I was just informed we will have eight out of ten sun queens here today. Actually, sun one queen in the court. A lot of sun princesses. Where did Wayne go? We lost Wayne Thornton. We lost him, but I think he was uh, running around the building uh, trying to let other people in. So he's been running around. Well, the funny thing is we had six members of the sun court outside. Oh, Not able to man. get in. That's awful. And I couldn't figure out where Wayne was. I was looking for Wayne. I couldn't find him. He, I, he, I know he told people to go to the back. So maybe he oh, went did to the he? Back. Yeah, that's hilarious. He could be in the back waiting for like, and and he has no idea that the six are actually here. That's very true. I'll go find him. I'll go let him know. Oh, that'd be great. Um, no, nah, you know what? The heck with it. Let him find out himself. I like that. That's that's our kind of that. That's <laughs> sounds good. Let's do it. Yeah, you know, he'll realize it the hard way. Actually, the uh, the the Sun Court uh, are are texting Wayne right now to let oh, them know okay, that they're easy. to let them know that they're in the building. It's the way it should be, right? Yeah, definitely. I agree with you. All right. In the meantime, 
6009, our telephone number, if you'd like to get into the show as we wind up hour number two of uh, three here on Sports Talk. By the way, Bill Belichick talking about underinflated footballs for that Chiefs-Patriots game. Are you serious? Are you serious? Yeah, one to talk, right? Ser- I, I, exactly. Yeah, he can't. He can't say this kind of stuff. Come on, man. Underinflated by two to two and a half pounds. And I, I like the fact that he said we don't have anything to do with it. Ridiculous, right? Um, and also, they got killed. So uh, They're tanking. They've got a lot of guys out this week. Juju Smith, Ramondre Stevenson for those fantasy football owners out there. Uh, they're out this week. And so, uh, yeah, Pat's probably going to lose Christmas Eve. Uh, like Jeff Erickson said yesterday, don't make any plans watching football. Make other plans with the family. There you go. I, I agree with that. I think that's probably the best way to go. And uh, I'm, I'm all about what Jeff said uh, on the show yesterday when you had him. By the way, in case people are wondering, and I'm sure they are, um, as far as UTEP's recruiting class goes, they had kind of an interesting recruiting class. They rank 7 out of 10 in Conference USA, but they only had 12 commits because so many were players that were at Austin P and are coming over as part of their class. They're really, you know, they only had 12 players, I believe, listed out of high school. What's interesting to me about UTEP is that they have the highest average per player rating of anybody in the class so that is something to note adrian that even though they're seventh when you talk about their average rating um they have i believe an 84.89 average and there is nobody above 83.9 in terms of the rest of conference usa so it seems like even though They only had 12 high school players compared to, let's say, 14 from Western Kentucky, uh, you know, 13 from Liberty and 14 from FIU. They still had, um, you know, a very high per player composite score. Yeah, I think that's all we can take away, right? I, I don't want to hear anything about how uh, they they signed the guy who is the number one uh, recruit of their entire history, Martavius Collins. That's their entire history based on two four seven sports. So uh, yeah, if you want to call it like, let's put that, let's put that in that conversation as well, and let's be responsible the way that we talk about this recruiting class. So the way that you described it, that's the way that we could talk about it. They have the rankings, they have a, a high average uh, ranking on there for two four seven sports. But what about the rivals side of things? What about when you throw in the transfer portal side of things and, you know, all these different th- teams across conference who say they have different priorities. And if you look at it, NMSU was one of the bottom teams in conference USA in their rankings, but it's because they're prioritizing other things, which is uh, largely due to them trying to just keep their current roster intact and not lose their guys to the portal. You know what else is kind of confusing and weird? Under three stars, it only lists UTEP with three. But when you click on the class itself, they had eight three stars. Yeah. So it's 247 is not exactly ranking the way uh, you're used to. No, and, and I I think it's it's useful to find names to find their history of where they've been at, uh, who's been after them, you know, stuff like that. It's great to kind of get a, a player history on some of these guys, but it's not excellent to like uh, use kind of like a mainstay for all these players or for these teams in terms of rankings. I, I don't uh, buy into a lot of these uh, different numbers that we're seeing here. Yeah, I know. I I'm with you, and I agree with you on that one. So. Uh, anyway, only time will tell. And 
I have a feeling that as this staff settles in and and plays their first season, um, you know, you'll probably see some pretty solid rankings across the board. They're young, they're energetic, and they know the stars in the recruiting game as well as anybody. And it wouldn't surprise me one bit if you start to see UTEP get some some pretty good recruiting classes. So I was talking to somebody about the uh, lack of a marquee player, and they were telling me, well, if you take uh, a lot of those Austin P guys and you just kind of group them together, so there's nine guys transferring, a lot of them have all-conference honors. Do you maybe divide it by three and say, hey, you get like three guys who are, who are pretty good good maybe three guys who end up being all conference players at the CUSA level from this group out of the nine who are coming in maybe that's enough I, I don't know I, I do know when coaches usually get a job or land someplace they usually bring like a marquee signee and I don't know if there's necessarily that person right now other than Martavius Collins uh, the tight end that they signed at a high school yeah I agree with you but only time will tell to see how this class really handles itself out over time alright when we come back we've got Caitlin DeGuire, the Sun Queen for 2023, and her court. We'll meet them next as our 6 o'clock hour gets going. We'll talk to you for the Sun Court as Sports Talk continues. Final hour underway here on Sports Talk. Along with Adrian Broadus, I'm Steve Kaplowitz. Man, Adrian, we've got to get through this segment. I, I, We can do it. We always do it. We have nine young ladies to talk to over the course of the next hour, Adrian. Nine of them. Well, you think we can do it? We got this. Let's go. Oh, I love that. Good stuff, Adrian. You're you're getting me excited. It's the motivational speaker I needed, Adrian. So if if I'm looking at you and I'm yes. like laboring, you'll you'll help me through it, right? I got you. Beautiful. Then let's say hello to Caitlin DeGuire. She is the 2023 uh, Sun Queen. She is all smiles right now, and deservedly so. Uh, welcome back to the show, Caitlin, since we had you on last year as a Sun Princess, and now here you are, Queen Caitlin. It sounds good. I like that. How are you? I'm doing so, so good, and just so excited to be here, so excited to just see you again. So let's get into it. Uh, let's get into it. <laughs> what did you? Uh, what was your reaction like when you got the news, got the call that you were the uh, Sun Queen for 2023? Funny story. I was on campus at UTEP. I'm a student there, and I was eating my Chick-fil-A, as one does, mm-hmm. and I just finished putting in a giant chicken nugget into my mouth, and I get a call, and I see, oh, that's a Sumble's number. I pick it up, and they're like, hi, Caitlin, like, how are you? And I'm trying to chew up this chicken nugget as fast as I can. I'm like, I'm not going to speak like this. And they were like, would you do us the honor of being our 2023 Sun Queen? And what am I to do but say yes? Did you almost (laughs) choke on the nugget when you found out the news that you were going to be Sun Queen? Honestly, yes. I was chewing so fast. I don't think I've ever chewed so fast before in my life. And I, it just seemed like the chicken nugget was getting bigger and bigger, and I couldn't, and I couldn't put it down. But. Man. <laughs> well, I'll tell you what. You're a mechanical engineering major at UTEP. Uh, you went to Eastwood High, and then you get the news that you're Sun Queen, and uh, that just had to absolutely make your year, didn't it? Yeah, definitely. It... It was just the best highlight I could say from this year, and I'm just so, so excited. So what's it been like for you now that you've had a different role and uh, you've had a chance to have all these young ladies uh, with you as part of this ride? Uh, Tell me a little bit of what it's been like. It's been so amazing. Um, Last year's core, I got to meet so many 
amazing women and this year's court as well each one of them has their own personality and what they bring to the table and they're all truly very nice women it's they're just girls where you see them walking down the street and you're just like I want to be friends with them so I get to be friends with them through this courtship and I'm very excited as far as the events uh, you know we have the football game coming up here you've you've had a chance to do a lot of dancing so far a lot of dancing with athletes uh, the basketball tournament just ended yesterday what's been uh, the best part for for you so far who let's see let's see arrivals is always really fun however i will say one of the basketball teams really ran away from us when Mm. we tried to dance with them so that's always interesting um the basketball tournament was amazing if whoever's listening out there wasn't able to catch it i hope you can see some highlights they were always nail biters Um, but coming into bowl week i'm really excited to just see the teams and get ready to watch the game who was hiding from you? Who was the players that were trying to? Who was af- who was afraid? It Tell wasn't. Me. It wasn't just a player. It was a whole team. Really? It was a whole team. All of us were going up to go dance with them, and usually it's just a few players that like kind of shy away. But this time it was the whole team that Spil- turned around and ran. Spill the beans. Who was it? The tournament's already over. It if, wasn't. It wasn't UTEP, was it? No, it was not UTEP. I didn't think it was UTEP. The, that, those uh, those ball players are not shy. That's for sure. When it comes to dancing, they are. You want to know who I think it was? Who? I'm going to guess. I say. Let me think about this for a second. Okay. I'm guessing South Dakota State. Uh, see, I was going to say South Dakota State too, but nah. I'm going to go. I'll go Norfolk State. Was were either of us right? Was it South Dakota State or Norfolk State? You don't have to say which one. You could just say one of us was right. Neither of you are right. Oh my god! Wow. Well, now we know who it was. But amazed. <laughs> That's process of elimination. That's good, yep. Adrian. How about that? How about the fact that yeah, we both whiffed good, on that, it? That was a good mind game. Actually, we we yes. won in this scenario, Steve. It was great job, Caitlin. Way to play that great game. Great job, us. Wyoming. <laughs> that was that was terrific. But listen, the tournament was a lot of fun. The football game is going to be uh, incredible when uh, Notre Dame and Oregon State uh, both arrive. But for you, what's been the most exciting part of uh, of, of this job so far? Was it the parade? during you know the thanksgiving uh you tell me uh definitely it would have to be the parade i've been going to that parade ever since i was a young girl it's been a very family tradition and we go every every year so finally being a full circle moment last year when i was on the float as a princess and now this year i was on the float as a queen which was at the highest point and i am a little bit scared of heights Mm -hmm. (laughs) so that was interesting but it was a beautiful parade and it was beautiful weather so i couldn't ask for anything better and a close second basketball week but i know my favorite event which is yet to come, is going to be Bull Week. Oh, very nice. Now, uh, Alessandra's not here today. She is your lady-in-waiting, but uh, since we're not going to get a chance to talk to her, tell me a little bit about uh, Alessandra Vasquez and uh, what it's been like to have her as your lady-in-waiting. Yeah, definitely. So we were both princesses, and she was my go-to princess for everything. Anytime we had to do something or double-check, anytime I was stressing out about um, the events and getting there on time, we would carpool, and she's just a very good friend of mine, and I'm really excited that we were both brought up to be as queen and lady in waiting and just help each other and go on this adventure again so now you have another utep uh uh, princess on this adventure with you and that's a violetta she's going to be joining us in a moment what can you tell us about her she is definitely super sweet she is 
always, every time I've seen her, she always has a smile on her face. So I just think that's a great quality to have with someone. If they always have a smile on their face, then they're a good person. I like to think so. <laughs> Excellent. Uh, Caitlin, would you like to introduce every princess for us? We have her them on and you can give us a little something about them. Yes, I would love to. I love all my princesses. Very nice. So Violetta Amaya is with us right now. Violetta, thank you for being here. Congratulations on uh, the honor and a welcome to the show. How are you doing? I'm great. Thank you so much for having me. Tell us a little bit about you, Violetta. Uh, so I'm a recent graduate of UTEP. I actually just got my degree in um, biological sciences. Congratulations. Thank you so much. And I'm currently just enjoying my time being a member of the Sun Court. That's great. Now, you also are a graduate of uh, Via Verde Early College High School as well, correct? Yes, sir. Okay, now it says early college. Does that mean you've been on the fast track ever since high school? Yes, sir. So actually, my sophomore year of high school, I started taking um, college classes at EPCC, and I graduated um, with my associate's degree actually a week before I graduated with my high school diploma. Oh, my God. Does that mean that you graduated college like two years early, too? Yes, sir. Good for you. Thank That's you so great. much. Now, uh, do you want to continue on for your master's, or are you done with school and you want to take a break? What are you going to do? I actually want to continue. So um, my goal is to pursue my uh, master's degree in physician assistant studies. So I'm going to be applying to that in a couple of months. I understand also you're part of the UTEP Mariachi group. Is that true? Yes, sir. I am. How, uh, how had, tell me the story behind that and how you've been, uh, I guess, has it been since you were a kid growing up in, in Mariachi? Yes, sir. So actually I started Mariachi when I was about six years old um, uh-huh. at my elementary slash middle school. I went to St. Patrick's. And I've been playing mariachi ever since, and I didn't want to stop when I went to UTEP. So I contacted our um, our professor there, and he let me continue. And I actually still play with them. So That's fantastic. Yes, as far sir. as uh, this ride for you as a, as a member of the Sun Court, what's that been like? It's been super fun. I can't believe that I was selected to be a member of the Sun Court. I remember being a little girl and like watching the parade and seeing all the princesses, and I was like, oh, I want to do that someday. So when I saw the application, uh, that it was open, I took my chance, and I, I'm really grateful to be here. What's the most fun for you so far? So far, I have to say it's been the parade, because that's been a dream of mine to be a princess in the parade. Like I said, I was a little girl watching these princesses, and I remember seeing um, actually Caitlin and Alessandra last year, and I just wanted to do that so bad. But I'm definitely looking forward to the Sun Bowl game. Uh, my whole family will be there. So You know what's so funny? I've, I used to be part of the uh, interview process when we were selecting the Sun Court and everybody goes into the room and they get asked a bunch of questions and I heard from so many different young ladies how much they grew up dreaming about being in the Sun Court so it's got to be really cool knowing it's like a dream come true for you. Yes sir definitely it's I think it's a fir- full circle moment for a lot of girls like Caitlin said so. <laughs> well I think that's great and yes, uh, congratulations enjoy the ride and and who knows you could be back with me next year doing this all over again Violetta just like Caitlin's doing Yes, right sir, now. definitely. Thank you so much. You got it. Now, uh, Caitlin, we have another Caitlin here. This is, when was the last time we had two Caitlins in the same segment? It has probably never happened until today. What can you tell us about Caitlin Pena, who will be our next uh, Sun Princess that we're going to get to meet? What can I say about her besides that she's an amazing athlete at Sol Ross? Um, I've seen some of her highlights, and she is just an amazing, amazing player. And also, she is just so organized with everything she has to do. So that's what I have to say about Princess Caitlin with a C. I love it. All right, so from uh, Queen Caitlin with a K to Princess Caitlin with a C, welcome aboard and uh, congratulations. How are you? 
I'm great. Thank you. So you are an athlete. We've, we've yes, learned sir. that about you. Volleyball is one of your sports? Yes, sir. What's, uh, what else do you play? I also play tennis at Sol Ross. What do you like more, volleyball or tennis? Well, the little backstory behind me transitioning into tennis, this is actually my, this past year was my first year playing. Um, me and my friend that were on the volleyball team love playing ping pong. So when they needed extra tennis players, we were like, you know what? It has to be a combination of ping pong and volleyball just on a bigger court. So we tried it out, but... I'd have to say volleyball is definitely my favorite. That's the greatest description for tennis I've ever heard. Adrian, put that one in the memory bank. Ping pong. Ping pong meets volleyball. I've never heard that until today. I like it. It works. Caitlin, how how has it been? It's your first time playing it, picking it up? I mean, you tell me. Have have we been doing okay? I am getting the hang of it. Mm -hmm. It was definitely a bit hard um, learning the new hand-eye coordination, having a racket in my hand, but... It's it's a pretty easy transition. Now, you went to America's High. Yes. What was that experience like for you? I love America's High School. The teachers and staff definitely prepared me for life after high school. Um, I also did early college there at America's, and I graduated with my associates um, at the end of my junior year. So I actually started my bachelor degree um, beginning of my senior year. Are you already done at Sol Ross, or do we have I'll more? I'll be graduating in May. <laughs> it's amazing. It really is. Now, do you want to continue to go on? Well, I heard sports law could be in your future. Yes, I am definitely planning on applying to law school and pursuing potentially being a sports lawyer. Fantastic. What's your favorite sport? You play volleyball, but what do you like to watch the most? I love watching basketball, so that would definitely be the sport I want to be a lawyer for i get it who's your favorite basketball player oh that's a great question of all time i'd have to say kobe bryant interesting yes all right Uh, so kobe gets the nod what was it about kobe that just because you grew up watching him and you realized how great he was as a kid yes and i'd also have to say just having the mamba mentality Mm -hmm. just always giving 110 percent and even more and just giving it your all all right lebron james thumbs up or thumbs down I'd have to say a thumbs in the middle. Middle thumb? Yes. All right. How about, uh, <laughs> Sounds how about, like thumbs down to me. It does sound like thumbs down, Adrian. I agree. <laughs> She's trying to be political, which all Sun, uh, you know, Sun Court members do. I get that. Uh, Michael Jordan, thumbs up or thumbs down? Michael Jordan, I would give a thumbs up. Good for you. If you yes. said thumbs down, the, en- the interview is going to end <laughs> right now. That's for sure. Yes. Um, how excited are you about the game coming up here next week? I am very excited to meet the teams, and, you know, it was really exciting also with the basketball team arrivals to see the culture shock of them coming to El Paso and being so close to Mexico, being introduced to the food and everything else, so I'm super excited for the football teams to see that as well. Well, think about it. You had Virginia, South Dakota, and Wyoming represented, and those are all three places nowhere near El Paso, Texas. Correct. So, good games, too. What do you think? Pretty good basketball games. Yes, they were definitely nail-biters, so it was hard to pick what team to always clap for. I hear you. Well, Caitlin, it's great to meet you. Thanks for being here today, and enjoy uh, the rest of the year here with the Suncourt. Thank you. You got it. It's Caitlin Pena, folks. We've got uh, many more members of the Suncourt to get to, and we'll get thoughts from our queen, Caitlin DeGuire. She'll be sticking around as well. More in a moment, but let's go to Charlie One and get this traffic update. Back here on Sports Talk as we continue. 
Our Sun Queen is Caitlin DeGuire. She is introducing members of the court. Sophia, poor Sophia, she's been with us since we started. We're just getting to her right now. What can you tell me about Sophia Gomez? So Sophia Gomez, in case you all did not know, she does attend the... Norder Dame. So it is exciting that we do have a princess that her actual school will be coming into Bull Week. But beyond that, she is a very driven girl. If she has a goal set in mind, she's always going to do anything she can to reach to it. So I'm very lucky to know her. I like that. Uh, Sophia, how'd you do this? Let's be honest. How did you get Notre Dame here? You know, Barry, we've heard from Bernie that, you know, it was lucky and all that. Did you make a phone call, Sophia? Is that really how the Fighting Irish came to El Paso? Yes, it was something like that. <laughs> I figured. I figured it was like that. But you had to be pretty excited when you heard the news and uh, said, wow, Notre Dame coming to my hometown. That's pretty cool. Yes, it was really exciting. I was watching the live from the Tony the Tiger Instagram page, and a friend of mine from Notre Dame was, was saying it'd be incredible to be on the Sun Court and have Notre Dame be chosen. So it was exciting to find out. Very nice. Tell us a little bit about yourself. Yes, so I'm originally from El Paso. I graduated a valedictorian from Andrews High School, and I was doing the International Baccalaureate program. And then so after that, I applied for college early September, and then I found out about Notre Dame early December. Excellent. Was that your top choice? It was not. Okay. But, I mean, um, listen, if you can get Notre Dame as a backup, that's really, really um, – trust me, Adrian, Adrian's looking at myself, and we're both like, wow, that, yeah, that's, that's that, awesome. that is pretty amazing. Well, good for you. And Thank was it a you. culture shock going all the way to South Bend from El Paso? Yes, it definitely was just because El Paso, the, being the Sun City, and then going to freezing, cold weather, snow – Walking in the snow on your way to class, and then class doesn't get canceled because that that's just the weather over there. So it's yeah. definitely been very different, but I've loved every second of it. So what you're telling me is you had to buy all new clothes because you weren't dressed for that kind of weather until you got to India. Yes. So the Notre Dame Club of El Paso here, mm-hmm. uh, they told they advised us to buy all of our winter clothes over there in Indiana and not buy that here in El Paso. Very smart decision, right? (laughs) Very, very smart decision. Now, I see you're studying a lot of things. Sociology, film, television, theater, Latino studies. You're minoring in digital marketing. You're doing so many things. Is it difficult to pick one out right now that you know you want to do when you finish up? So I do know what I plan on pursuing. I want to do immigration law, but Notre Dame has a really good curriculum that really does allow you to pursue different things. So I've been able to like manage everything. So it's interesting because that uh, form of, of a job has nothing to do with anything we just talked about that you're studying. So is it almost like you're just finding other things that you're interested in and then you still know that your end result is immigration law? Um, just a little bit of everything. Yeah. I know digital marketing will help me like just setting like that foundation for law, but also film has really great courses that really do intersect with everything else. So like this semester, I took a Latinx representation in Hollywood and we talked about immigration. So everything just kind of intersects. Excellent. What's it been like for you since you found out that you were part of this uh, Sun Court? It's been really exciting. I was actually studying abroad when I applied. So I was in Brazil at the time. And then during the interviews, I was doing it virtually because I was in Rome. Excellent. So you've been to Brazil, you've been to Rome, 
Now you're in El Paso. Is that part of the fun with uh, really for you and your studies that you get a chance to, to, to travel abroad? Yes, it's been really exciting. Excellent. I was in Rome this past summer. I oh, think the awesome. food is amazing and the architecture is unbelievable. What did you like the most about Rome? Rome, definitely not the hiking we had to do, <laughs> um, but it was a lot of fun. It was really warm out there. What month were you in there? Uh July. Okay. Yeah, like um, mid-July. Yeah, and I was there at the same time, and oh. it was it was super hot. It was really like hot. ninety degrees and ninety percent humidity. So yes, I can understand hiking in that weather would not be fun. <laughs> no, it was not. What are you looking forward to most uh, between now and the end of the year? Uh, definitely the Sun Bowl week. I'm really excited. I have some friends on the football team and in the band and some friends that are traveling to the game. So I'm really excited. Will you be dancing with Oregon State players or will you never hear the end of it from your friends on the football team if they see you dancing with members of the opposing team? If they see it, they see it. If they don't. (laughs) <laughs> then they don't. <laughs> okay, I like that. You, you, as a su- as a member of the Sun Court, you have to do what's in the best interest of the Sun Bowl game, yes, correct? we cheer both teams. <laughs> Fantastic. Hey, it's nice to meet you, Sophia. Thank Enjoy you. yourself while you're here. You got it. Sophia Gomez with us as we continue. Now, Reagan Jaber is next. What can you tell us, uh, Caitlin, about Reagan, who uh, attends Texas Tech? Definitely. So Reagan is a very sweet girl. She is always offering a helping hand to me anytime she sees that, okay, she might need a little help. She's always asking me, do you need help? I'm ready to help you. And also, fun fact, she is in the same sorority as I am here at UTEP. I am an Alpha Z Delta sister, and she is an Alpha Z Delta back at Texas Tech. So technically, through sororities, we are sisters. So that is always fun. So sorority sisters is cool. Have you been to Texas Tech to check out that sorority chapter? No, I have it, but it is on my bucket list. Travel every chapter around the U.S. Has Reagan given you the invitation yet? You know what? She has, actually. Good. I like, that's a good <laughs> thing, because if she didn't, she was going to give it right now, right, during this interview. <laughs> I'm sure. Let's welcome Reagan Jaber to the show for the first time. Reagan, nice to meet you. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Excellent. Thank you. Now, you are a Coronado uh, T-Bird graduate. Yes, Tell sir. us a little bit about yourself. Well, I'm Reagan. I'm one out of five siblings. Uh, I did cheerleading my whole life. I was actually the captain uh, at Coronado on the cheer team, and I go to Texas Tech. I'm studying landscape architecture and minoring in architecture, and I'm so happy and grateful to be here. Okay, so uh, cheerleader, meaning you're around sports your whole uh, high school life, because everybody knows if you're a cheerleader, you've got all the high school sports to to (laughs) do. Yes, yes. And and you compete as well. Was there ever any thought to try and become a cheerleader at Texas Tech? Yes. um, Actually, there's this camp that they actually pick for cheerleaders each year to go to Hawaii and we see what it's like how to how to cheer in college and it was super cool and fun and I've been cheering since I was six years old but I think um I've, I've never gotten the chance to you know be in a student section or to have fun with the students I've always been on the sideline and I'm grateful for that but I kind of wanted to have a different experience in college and I wanted to focus more on my education so therefore I didn't do the cheer team but I do admire and I do look up to all the cheerleaders there for sure going to Hawaii for cheerleader camp had to be amazing was that just (laughs) awesome it it was beautiful super hot but Mm -hmm. we got to stay at the University of Hawaii and it was absolutely gorgeous we went to all the beaches and I'm very happy I got to have that experience how many years you've been at Texas Tech now 
I've been at Texas Tech for three years now. Excellent. So you're, you're, uh, you said architecture is your major. Yes. Is that what you want to do? Would you like to get into architectural design after you finish? Definitely. I'm very passionate about it. Um, I'm learning about making sustainable designs and how to better the environment, and I'm so happy about it. Speaking of happy, what's it been like since you found out you're on the Sun Court? Oh, my gosh. I remember when Bernie called me and... He was just like, you made it, and we're so we're so happy in you, and, and I was just so grateful, and I was so excited to meet all the other girls and start, you know, doing the things we do, and I kind of this kind of came like a second nature to me because I'm so used to cheering on all the players when I was in cheerleading. So at the basketball game, I was like, this is my second nature. I'm ready. I'm there. I'm clapping. I'm clapping for all the teams. So I'm really grateful to be here. What's been the most fun for you so far? Probably the parade. I actually, I've never been to the parade before, so uh, being there and then being in it was just two crazy things. There's so many people there, but like seeing the children that just warmed my heart so much, their smiles on their faces and all the families together was just such an amazing experience. Thank you for admitting you've never been to the parade until this year, because most of the times I always hear, I've been to the parade my whole life. It's been, you know, my dream to be in the parade. I see it as... The fact that you've been honest like that, that's great. So happy that you said that, and uh, I'm happy you enjoyed the parade. Yes. Uh, as far as the football game goes, uh, what are you most excited about over the next week? Mm, I'm, the football game, definitely. All my family's coming, and we made pins with my faces, face on it so all of my family can wear it. But I'm just excited to be with the Suncor and you know watch the game. I've also never been to the game either, so this is another new experience for me. So that's... You- Wait, you, you grew up in El Paso? <laughs> and you've never been to the game? Boy, gets, I like that. This is a, you know what? The good thing about bringing you on the Sun Court is now you're getting to experience things for the first time in your life. Yes. I mean, I always knew about the Sun Court, and I've always thought it was cool, but I've never like been that close in touch with it and got to see like this whole glam side about it. Next time so. I, I see your parents, I'm going <laughs> to ask them about what they did to you when they were growing up and find out about this. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get to the bottom of this, all right, Reagan? I promise. Okay. <laughs> hey, in the meantime, thanks for being here. Enjoy uh, not just the next week, but really the whole year for you uh, being part of the Sun Court. And uh, who knows, you might get a chance to see you again next year. Yes, thank you so much. You got it. Reagan Jaber with us here on the show as we continue. When we come back, uh, Caitlin will take us through through the remainder of the Sun Court. Excited about that because uh, we have Reese coming up next. We're going to learn about her right after Adrian in this bottom of the hour Sports Center update. We're now past the hour as we continue. We're past the midway point, meeting the 2023 Sun Court, sponsored by Cielo Vista Mall. And they're all with us here inside our 600 ESPN El Paso River Oaks property, Schoolyard Sports Studios. We're back with uh, Caitlin DeGuire. She is the Sun Queen. You know, I've never done this before. Normally, I have each princess introduce each other. That's how we did it last year, and we've always done it like that. But I thought, you know what? You're the queen. You should have the opportunity as queen to introduce every single princess just like Reese Mann who is here with us next definitely I really do enjoy this I feel like I'm almost like co-hosting with you and you are to introduce them that's exactly Caitlin you are (laughs) co-hosting the show in fact if you would like to host the show I will be more than happy to let you finish up but go right ahead definitely (laughs) so Reese what can I say about her she is a funny girl she is always doing little comments that just make everyone laugh and chuckle even though she's she's being serious Uh, sometimes she does get a little nervous here and there Um, but 
it. She has a beautiful smile, and she's just a funny girl that's always making us laugh on the court. We need that, don't we? We need somebody to keep everybody smiling and let them have fun. Definitely. She really does help us calm our nerves, even though she might feel them a little, but she helps calm ours. All right, Reese, I will ask you, have you always, first off, welcome to the show. How are you? I'm great. Thank you. Great to have you here. Can you make me laugh right now, Reese? Probably not. All right, I'm just, don't <laughs> don't worry. put me on the spot like that. I knew there was no way. If you were going to throw something to make me laugh on the spot, I would be like, Grease, you need to be, um, you know, not here, but you need to be at the comic strip and uh, performing. But you tell me, first off, uh, are you from El Paso? I am. Where'd you go to high school? Coronado High School. So you grew up on the west side of town. Yes. And then from Coronado, you went to the University of Mississippi. Tell me a little bit of why uh, you chose Ole Miss. I wanted to go to school in the SEC, and I was looking at Oklahoma, Arkansas, and Ole Miss. And my neighbor actually went to Ole Miss, and so he forced me to go look at it. And when I toured, I was like, this is beautiful. So I decided I had to be there, get that SEC feeling at a medium-sized school. Thanks to your neighbor. Thanks to my neighbor. Why is it that you wanted to attend an SEC school? Of all the schools you could have attended, why the SEC? Football. Ah, so you're a football fan. I am. Even though we're not the best team, it's still exciting. And there's nothing better than SEC football, is there? Nothing better. Did you ever think, was there ever a chance that you were going to go to the University of Texas since they are going into the SEC? And it happens to also be my alma mater. I am not a big fan of Austin, Texas. Um, I've been to many games with my parents, and it just never was a place I could consider going and loving. So It's changed a lot in the yes, last 30 years sure. since mm-hmm. I've been there. It, it's become bigger more of a hassle, more commercial. Mm-hmm. A lot of the things we used to love are not there anymore. So I can understand that. Mm-hmm. But but you like uh, Oxford, uh, Mississippi. I love it. It's small, but I like it like that. Okay. Now, uh, when you got the call that you were going to make the Sun Court, uh, what was your reaction? I was so excited because I've grown up going to all Sun Bowl events, and my dad was Sun Bowl president my junior year of high school. And so it's kind of a full circle moment. I got to ride in the parade with him when he was president, and I always watched the Sun Princesses, so I was like, maybe one day that could be me, and here I am, and I'm so grateful. Was there any pressure, thinking, oh man, you know, my, my dad's been a Sun Bowl president, I kind of, you know, I mean, I've, I've grown up around it. Was there almost, did you almost feel like it was a rite of passage where you had to try and, and get into the Sun Court? No, they never pressured me, they always said it was my decision, and it was just something that I set out to do and wanted to do for my community. How have you been enjoying the ride so far? I've loved it. Getting to see it on this side is so much more special than just being a bystander in the Sun Bowl Association. And it's been great to sh- share my love of El Paso with the community and all the players who get to come visit. How about all these ladies around you? How have they been? They're awesome. Um, two of them I've gone to school with my whole life, so that's been nice to kind of catch up with everyone. And then meeting all these girls is so special. Yeah, I'm telling you what, it sounds like it's it's been a lot of fun. Has there been any one particular moment that's really stood out for you so far? Definitely everyone trying to teach me how to wave. I really cannot figure out how to wave as a princess. So whenever we're in the tunnel waiting to come out at the games, I'm like, can everyone please help me? Because I cannot figure out this wave. Do you know how to dance? I could try. Well, I mean, you obviously are dancing every time you have the players with you. So, I mean, are you, you say you're trying. It's you, hard you, when they don't want to dance with you. That's when you just tell them, hey, come on. You got to just, you know, this is, yeah. everybody's doing it, exactly. right? So that's, that's going to be fun. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm sure the game you're pretty excited about as well. There's no SEC team coming, but we do have Notre Dame. Mm-hmm. Not a bad little consolation prize, right? 
Yes, I love going to the game. It's my favorite part every year, and I've gone every year since I was 10. So I'm very excited to see a different side of it this year and be on the field. What's your major at uh, the University of Mississippi, and what would you like to do some, someday when you finish? I'm majoring in allied health studies and minoring in biology, and I want to go to PA school and be a physician assistant. Good for you. Any particular type of medicine you're looking for? I'm looking into dermatology and aesthetics because I work for a medical spa right now that kind of does that. So I'm really interested in that. Excellent stuff. All right. Very nice to meet you, Reese. Enjoy it. And uh, thanks so much for being here today. Thank you so much. You got it. Reese Mann, folks, as we continue here, 37 past the hour on Sports Talk. All right, Caitlin. Now let's learn about Catherine uh, from the University of Arkansas. Okay. So definitely she is a very tall girl. Very, very, and maybe it might be because I'm 5'2". Um, almost everyone is tall to me, but she is very tall, and she just illuminates kindness. Mm. She, The first moment I met her, she was like, hi. She introduced herself, and she just told me how excited she was to be on the court, and she did the same with all the princesses, and just getting to know her has been very exciting, and she is just... What can, I, what can I say? You're just a ray of sunshine. Oh, that's awesome. That's a very nice description for Catherine Goodrich, uh, who's here with us right now and joins us on the program. First off, uh, Catherine, welcome aboard. Thanks for being here. How are you? I'm good. Thank you for having us. Catherine, how tall are you? I'm 5'10". My dad's going to dispute this when he listens to it because he claims I'm shrinking, but I'm 5'10"-ish. Well, hang on. I'm 5'10". Stand up for a second. Let's see. Are you in heels? No, sir. All right. Good. Let's see. <laughs> You know, I don't know if you're shrinking. I mean, you're too young to be shrinking. That's I think you're all right. I like the fact that uh, your dad disputes your own height. That's a that's a that's a it's a good family uh, situation to have, right? Yeah, I mean, both of my parents are really tall, so we kind of have to just have a little bit of fights over who's taller. Um, just kind of keep everyone in check. Honestly, <laughs> sounds like fun. Are you from El Paso? Yes, sir. I grew up here. Where'd you grow up? What what part of town? Where'd you go to high school? I grew up on the west side. I went to Coronado High School. So you're part of the Coronado clique that we've had a chance of these last uh, three uh, different uh, members of the courts. Yes. So I went to school with Reagan um, from like kindergarten on basically. And then I've known Reese since we were like one. We did swim lessons together. So we've literally grown up through the past 20 years with one another. So. Oh, it's going to be so cool to have them with you on this ride. It's been so fun. We've like carpooled to everything because we all like don't have cars here. So, <laughs> so like it's always, okay, what, what house are we going to and what time are we leaving? Just the three of us. So it's pretty funny. What made you decide you wanted to apply for the Sun Court? Um, honestly, I watched it. My Uncle Steve was president a few years ago and I worked for Mr. Mann um, last summer, I think it the man's law firm. And so just watching it from that really inspired me. And then getting to do it with Reese was, you know, a big part of just doing something together and hanging out and having a person. Well, I had your Uncle Steve on the show. I had your dad on the show. So it's only fitting that we have the two of you on the program. We've come full circle. That's what it's been about. Uh, One particular part of this experience, Catherine, that really has stood out to you or have you just loved everything so far? I've loved everything, but the basketball skills camp from a couple of days ago was really impactful. I met amazing kids and just to be able to Almost have the crown and sash on, but really take it off to get involved was really, I mean, you always wear it in your heart, but to get be able to take it off and make an impact in these kids' life was so amazing for me to see, and I'd love to do it again. That's a great answer. I love that. Uh, what's your major right now at the University of Arkansas? I'm an agricultural business major um, with a minor in legal studies. What do you want to do once you're all said and done? I'm thinking about going to law school. I'm still debating on it, but I really have a mind for the law and thinking of things in that manner. And so I really appreciate what it could do for myself. Do you like to argue? 
Um, Reese is nodding over here. I yes. saw that. <laughs> yes. uh, do you, and, and when you argue, do you usually win? I like to be very to the point. I yeah. like to read everything and know all the loopholes. So, yeah, I'd say to the point. Do we know what kind of law you'd like to get into? Um, honestly, agricultural law. Growing up on the border, I saw many kids that the only meals they got were from public schools. And so I've always thought food insecurity is so prominent in this country. And I'd love to find a way to maybe minimize that in certain places. I'm on a USDA research grant right now that is focusing on food insecurity. So to see that and see how having a law degree could really help that is really pushing me more towards law school. Final question. If there's somebody listening out there that's got a young one who's listening to this and they want to be a sun queen or sun princess someday, what's your best advice for them? I'd say do it. Just apply. I mean, it can't hurt to ever put your name out there, but to be able to have this experience and see things like you've never seen before and meet so many different people it's given me a reason to really, you know, get off my my chair this holiday break and get out there and make an impact in the community. It's great stuff. Catherine, very nice to meet you and enjoy the rest Thank of the time you. this year. You got it. It's Catherine Goodridge, folks. We'll continue and we will wrap things up with our final two members, the, the Sun Court as Sports Talk continues, 600 ESPN El Paso. Or to get to, Caitlin DeGuire is our queen this year. Queen Caitlin, let's talk about Bailey. What can you tell us about Bailey? Definitely. So first off, I would love to say congratulations to her. She just graduated. Nice. So that is something very exciting. So I know you all are on the other side of the radio, but if you could say congratulations, please do so. Um, But beyond that, she has been so kind-hearted. I think she's one of the kindest girls I've ever met. Um, She definitely does go above and beyond to make sure everyone is good. She checks in with every girl every time we go to an event. She asks, is everyone okay? She's very resourceful. We have to wear heels a lot. She's like, I have Band-Aids. Who needs Band-Aids? So she is definitely your go-to girl if you need anything. She can carry everything in a small pouch. Uh, That's such a great introduction. Bailey, from Bel Air to graduation now at Texas Tech. Congratulations. Thank you so much. Tell us a little bit about yourself. Well, like you said, I went to Bel Air High School. I was part of the medical magnet program. I was in the clinical rotations, and then I did physical therapy, but I was able to go to an occupational therapy clinic, did that, and then I attended Texas Tech University, and I just graduated on the 16th. Excellent job. (laughs) It's Bailey McElroy, folks, as she's with us right now. Um, First off... You've, you've graduated how many years? Four uh, out of tech? Um, I actually graduated in three and a half. Congrats. I took a bunch of college credits during high school through EPCC and actually UT Austin as well. And so I was able to graduate a semester early. How'd you mm-hmm. like Lubbock? I loved it, actually. A lot of people have very negative opinions of Lubbock, but I actually love it. I think it's so... it's very similar to El Paso in the way that a lot of fans really, really love their hometown yep. team. And there's so much community there. So when I went to go tour it, I just absolutely fell in love with it. And again, it's a small town, so you have to kind of find ways to entertain yourself in ways, but definitely keeping up with academics and keeping up with Texas Tech and all their activities. Man, what a graduation gift. Being here, yes, part of the sir. Sun Court and being uh, a part of this this great year. What, what That's got to be an amazing thing for you. Oh, it's been so absolutely everything I could have dreamed of. It's definitely been very chaotic just with straight from graduation, coming back to El Paso and getting into it. But I've loved every minute, and it's such a gift to be here. What's been the most fun for you so far? Honestly, everything. I've loved it all. But the Thanksgiving Day Parade was so special to me. 
actually, like Reagan, I had never been to the Thanksgiving Day Parade here. I'm from the very far east, so we really didn't go over to downtown area very often. But I loved seeing all the little girls smiling and waving. Little boys, too. Them all. Everyone was so excited to see us and just smiling. And it was just such an awesome experience to see the whole community come out to such a big event. Yeah, it's neat when you get 200,000 plus people to see that. <laughs> it, it really, really is. You excited about the football game coming up? Oh, yes, sir. Of course. <laughs> I know. I'm not going to ask you who you're rooting for because you have to stay unbiased. You got to see. You, you just want to see a great game, right? 100%. Just both teams play safely and have a good time and good scores, good games. All right. So now that you graduated, what's next for you, Bailey? I'm right now applying for occupational therapy school for doctoral programs. So kind of just waiting to hear back from them right now, but just take a semester to work, volunteer, stay involved in the community, and hopefully be able to go into graduate programs. Good for you. Do, do you. do you know what your dream job is, if you had to pick one, what it would be? Definitely occupational therapy. Okay. So I've been doing that since high school, just going to different clinics to go ahead and shadow and get experience in that. Awesome. And I've loved every minute of it. Good for you. Congratulations. Good <laughs> to meet you. Thank you so much. It was so nice to meet you. You <laughs> got it. So uh, from Bailey to Ashley, she will be our final member of the Sun Court. Queen Caitlin, tell me a little bit about Ashley Rios. Definitely. So she is another one of our tall girls. <laughs> so definitely she is very tall, but again, it could just be because I'm short. Uh, but beyond that, she definitely is one of those other girls that always has a smile on her face. And she makes it a point to always say hi to every princess and just kind of check in and just catch up with them. She has made friends with every princess on this court. And don't get me wrong, we all are friends, but she definitely goes the extra mile to just kind of check in on everyone and just make sure what's new with them. I love it. So she always has the new news on all your princesses. So this is Ashley. Ashley Rios, who is at Texas A&M University. And uh, I understand that you know a little something about this Sun Bowl because you've volunteered in the past at the Fan Fiesta. Yes, I have. So my mom is actually one of the head honchos that runs the Fan Fiesta. So I've been volunteering since probably middle school. Just by her side, like selling tickets at the front door, just um, being there and seeing definitely the sun princesses there. So getting to be involved in the sun bowl still is great a great opportunity for me. I got a little secret for you. Yes. Your mom was here an hour ago. Yes, she so told me. She sh- says. We'll keep it, we won't tell anybody else. We'll just look, be our little secret, all right? Yes. <laughs> That'll be great. Uh, you went to Silva Magnet, and I, um, I understand that you have an interesting uh, background because at Texas A&M, you have been mixing with vaccines. You actually are, are a vaccine mixer. I am. So I had the great opportunity to work with UMC the summer of 2021 at their COVID vaccination hub mm-hmm. at um, the Coliseum as well as the vaccination hub at the um, in Torneo. So we got to vaccinate close to 50,000 people. Wow. So that was a great opportunity just to help um, the c- community during the COVID times. Ashley, tell me a little bit about uh, what this has been like for you, this whole experience as part of the Sun Court. It has been a great opportunity for me. Like I said, I was right next to my mom doing the different Sun Bowl events when I was little and just seeing the princesses, seeing how beautiful they were, and just dreaming one day that could be me. So being here now has been a great opportunity for me, great time meeting everyone, and great time just seeing all of El Paso. 